So when they say it's the story behind the story you love, they mean it's the story behind the first episode of the cartoon that you grew up watching. Because they're like, it all takes place on Cybertron when Optimus Prime realizes he needs to take the AllSpark away from the Decepticons. But the problem is, when you remove the AllSpark from a planet... And then he said something about it dooms the planet, but instead in my mind is like, but there's a lot of DOT regulations for shipping an AllSpark. Do you have the right manifest? Do you have the right placards on your spaceship? Oh. Little do they know, Galvatron holds all of the placards. And Starscream is an expert on DOT regulations. He knows all about CFR 40. Starscream. Oh, Starscream, you lovable jackass. My microphone is not overly happy on its connection today. I think it's working, though. It better be working. So luckily, while we were all gone, nothing bad happened in the world at all, especially in politics. Yeah, no, it's fine with me. Not much. Yeah, we, that's why we did um podcast, because there was nothing going on at the, all. The world was calm, peaceful, orderly. Nothing happened. There wasn't a huge government cover-up called a impeachment hearing. Oh, what do you... <clears throat> we didn't have Bloomberg just start, like, trying to show how to pay for winning an election. Seriously, anyone who supports Bloomberg, fuck off. <laughs> Being rich is not a qualifying way to be, like, a leader. Yeah. Or pretending be rich. We're looking at you, Trump. Elizabeth Warren, like... Telling him to fuck off was like pretty. That was master class. Yeah, it was. It was quite just. I also like when she was like, "Hey, you know, maybe all those employees that you had helped you make those billions. You know, maybe think about that for a second. I like the part where Bloomberg told uh, Sanders, like, you know, all of this free healthcare for all is called, um, or he's saying like different countries that start to go that way are what we call communist or something like that. And Sanders just pretty much goes, "Shut up." Yeah. Like, he just told him, saying, like, y you don't even know what you're talking about. We're done. I, I didn't really watch the debates. I just saw <clears> the clips that showed up on YouTube of Elizabeth Warren, basically. That's all you need are the highlight Bodying <laughs> Michael Bloomberg repeatedly, which was always good to see, because fuck that guy. Fuck any, like, ultra-rich person who got rich on the backs of others who is determined they they can be a leader for the country because they know what's better because they have money. <laughs> money uh, don't make you smart. And that doesn't even cover the horrible allegations against him that, you know, the misogyny and sexism that's involved with his past. So, yeah. Hey, he's a good guy uh, all yeah. around, uh -huh. ain't he? Or his horrible <laughs> racist policies in New York that, you know, what, stop and frisk where you're pretty much a way to target minorities and try and make it legal? That's racism. The one sad Hashtag thing... Hashtag that's <laughs> racism. The one sad thing, he actually puts out some good campaign ads, though. Like the one where he's pointing out Trump is a bully. It's like, if someone else put that out, that'd be perfect. Coming from him, who in terms of his misogyny and shit like that, and his racism, he's a bully. That's what happens when two bullies fight. They usually just sit there and sling mud at each other instead of talking about what's actually important in the world. Speaking of bullies, I saw the movie The Kid Who Would Be King. Okay. Came out last year as a uh, 
um, British movie about like a modern day kid, like oh, probably I, about twelve. I vaguely remember <clears throat> seeing the. It's a good movie. Okay. It's really like it has some good fun. Patrick Stewart is fucking hilarious because pretty much Merlin pops up because the kid pulls the sword and therefore he is the next Pendragon. He is the next ruler of all of England or whatever. Yeah. So this kid transfers into his school who's super awkward, who is Merlin. And like he explains like at one point he's rever- uh, reverse aging. So he was old and now he's a kid <coughs> because he ages like Benjamin Button type of thing. Every once in a while, try and make his point, he'll convert to an old guy. So it's pretty much Patrick Stewart dressed up like a slacker teen, like drinking Slurpees. Patrick Stewart's awesome when he's playing weird. What movie was that? The Kid Who Would Be King. It's on HBO, so we watched it off our HBO subscription. Uh, Another thing we've been watching, have you watched any of the McMillionaires? Yeah, yeah, that is fucking great. Yeah, I've been watching that series. So I want a series of Agent Doug Matthews. Oh, the the, the hyperactive guy. Yeah, so they're having an important meeting. So I was like, I should wear a gold suit, you know, like like I'm all like McDonald's and Monopoly and like millionaire. And then it cuts to like his his supervisor going. He showed up in this fucking yellow suit. Or the parts where he's like, and then I was like, how about, hey, could you show us the the uh, place where you bought the magazine? And everyone's like, y- you got to end this interview with this previous winner now. And then I was like, can you take us to the beach where, like, you lost your previous magazine that <coughs> would have had the insert that wouldn't have won? And then this guy steals the fake paper check, and I run down the beach and tackle him. Yeah, it's one of the most remarkable stories kind of ever it's so fake but it's real i mean i think i read that read, read the article about it like several years ago it's just it's mind-blowing that like every winner every big prize winner <clears throat> was illegitimate for almost 15 years was completely illegitimate like, yeah like you had zero percent <laughs> chance of ever winning any of those prizes all those times you collected pieces or found pieces in parade or the the Sunday newspaper. I remember as a kid collecting oh, yeah. every one because I was going to win. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, no. Nope. There's a chance I might win. I want a Viper. You didn't know Uncle Jerry. <laughs> yeah. You literally were z- never ever going to win it in a hundred billion chances. If you bought all the Big Macs ever and supersized them so you could get the extra pieces, no way. Nope. I want the extra piece. I'm going to spend the 49 cents to supersize my, my meal. Yeah, that's... Such a crazy story. It is pretty like, wacky. If that was a Hollywood movie they made off of it, no no one would watch it because it's so fucking ridiculous. It's too ridiculous to be like a fictional movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But being real. Being real. Yeah. <sighs> Uncle Jerry. Which one? I love the fact when they're like, so there's actually a second Jerry who was actually part of the mafia. Mm-hmm. So he was Uncle Jerry, and then they reveal later, like, no, no, Uncle Jerry was the non-mafia one. Yeah, he was just Jerry. I don't know. Now, the saddest part so far was the poor uh, lady who basically mortgaged her house and 
then realized shortly afterwards that she was not really making much money off of that million dollar prize. Yeah. Yeah, the tax Seriously, money on if, that. You're if fucked. somebody says, hey, <clears throat> give me money and then I'll make you a bunch of money. It's a scam. It's a scam. Yep. Unless they're a Nigerian prince because they're just down on their luck. If you can help them out with like $3,000, they'll give you their millions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, unless it's an actual like investment thing. It's like, you know, give me money and invest it in these things. Like, no, you give me $10,000 up front and then you're going to win a million dollars. It's like, no, that's probably not going to happen. Yeah. You know, so, another fun thing that I've been watching, it's hmm. been ESA Marathon this week. Okay. That's the European, European Speedrun Assembly, not the Electronic Software Association, yeah. and not the European Space Agency. Okay. This one's hard to look up if you try Google searching ESA. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't know what their their letters stood for for a long time. So when I'd see ESA stuff, I'd try and look up, like, I want to know more about ESA. And it's like, all I find is the Electronic Software Association or the European Space Agency. So they're raising money for um, a charity for children's welfare and social stuff. I forget the exact cause. It's a great, like, just speedrunner marathon type thing, a lot like an AGDQ type of event, except it's in Europe, and there is a lot more Big John. Big John ran five different things during the week, and Big John's always good fun. And then they have a second stream. And their second stream is great because it doesn't go the whole time and doesn't have solid rules for it. Like, the the main stream is the serious one. The second stream, they'll have, like, the games they don't expect people necessarily want to watch or it's more niche. Like, they had a Final Fantasy IX, what was estimated as a 16-hour run. That's a long run. Because it's going to be Final Fantasy IX only using um, Garnet or Dagger. So only the white mage summoner. And on top of that, going to kill like optional bosses like Ozma, the super hard ultra secret boss. And what's great is since it's on a second stream and it's not a full schedule, they had between the scheduled end time and the next game on the second stream about 10 hours. So they kept changing the rules. They had what they called... The percentage for this, you know, like, games will have any percent, 100%, good ending percent. This one was $20 percent, which meant any donation of $20, in your comment on your donation, tell them what you want, and if it's possible, they're going to do it. So at one point, it's like, all right, for $20, uh, we have a $20 donation, and they want the current speedrunner to blindfolded draw a picture of Garnet jump roping. So, like, he hands his controller off, blindfolds, has a big, like, um, big, like, one of those giant pads for a conference of paper, and he's drawing blindfolded stuff. And at their point, they had a guy dressed up like the Stig, and somebody's like, I want all, um, all of the, uh, commentary for the next, uh, two minutes to be the Stig. So just a quiet guy on the couch, not moving at all. Like, in her part, like, they're changing the name of the game they're doing. They changed the estimated time. Eventually, it went on for... So it started at around midnight our time, Thursday morning. On Thursday, around uh, 10.30 at night, I finally turned it off because I had to go to bed and was still going. 
And, like, they kept adding things to the game. So they're like, hey, if we get $200 between now and we beat the game, we'll add in another optional boss. And so they just kept adding to it, changing the estimate along the way because they had nothing else going on and became a lot like that craziness of extra life, you know, when you hit, like, that second 1 a.m. and you lose your your sanity. So, like, they start having on on the stream, they're like... I want a dancing skeleton. So they're like, let's see if we can add one. So there's a gif of a skeleton dancing. Then somebody's like, I want a skeleton dance party. So then there's like five of them on the screen. And it was pure, like, genius. Like, it's over 20 hours easily. And I'm determined I need to watch the video on demand for this because it just goes places. I donate at one point just because they had, like, if you donate $30, you're in the raffle for, like, some real cool, like, Final Fantasy Nine like, plushies. Yeah. And I didn't put a, a comment. And so ESA gets so few donations for the most part. Like, it going on for a whole week, right now they're at, like, $45,000. So they pretty much read every donation. They're like, and we have a donation from Hepinwana who donated $30. No comment apparently doesn't want to torture all of you. I don't get what his deal is. I mean, I would have told you guys to do something stupid, but whatever. I guess some people don't want to torture others. And then they're like, yeah, usually those viewers are watching Stream 1 where they take it seriously. ESA is awesome for how crazy it is. So you got a shout-out. Shout-outs. I got another one during Celeste. Because this morning I donated once more because I didn't want to just do $30. And so they have the donations also on the bottom of the screen. My name sat there for like an hour because they don't get a whole bunch of donations. Bree and I also earlier in the week watched this other speedrun. Like is a shorter marathon, like a two-day thing where they're raising money for an animal shelter. They had one game left. We saw they're at $400 out of a $500 goal. So I left the room to donate. Bree, still on the couch in the living room, was donating on her phone. So they got, like, a donation from Bree and an anonymous donation from me at the same time for 100 And, like, it's cool. Made them very happy. Nice. They're, like, freaking out going, I don't know what's going on, but we hit our goal and, oh, my God, we got, like, we got $200 at once. Nice. So, like, cool. What were they raising money for? Animal shelter. A no-kill, um, some, like, go, go humane or something like that, but it's a no-kill animal shelter, and it's like, I could get behind that. Yeah. For European animals? <gasps> no, no, this one was American. Oh. And it's kind of fun, because you'll see, like, certain speedrunners who will show up at, like, AGDQ, but aren't the bigger name ones on some of these other streams. So, like, the animal one, they had, um... Untitled Goose Game, and was the guy who ran it during AGDQ, who was doing it on this animal mm-hmm. charity one. And it's cool, just like people having fun. Next week is going to be Frame Fatales, which is like the all-women speedrunning marathon, which is always a good positive one. Speedrunning. It brings communities together, mm-hmm. quickly. <laughs> see what see what I did there? I got it! No, I was sorry. I was, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was doing. No, I was trying. Okay. It's okay, Jack. If the tone no. came off as no. condescending, no. 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 I apologize. No, no, no. no. It was meant to no. come no. No. off no. 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 as no. 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 Eureka. No, 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 no. 
So toys are a big thing that's going on in the world today. Dan, I'm looking at pictures, and I, I'm going to spend even more money than I was anticipating because they have shots of the NECA booth. It's the New York Toy Fair, which is kind of like Toy E3. Yeah. Uh, toy 3. Toy 3. T3. Yeah, and so they usually have a whole bunch. But uh, Hasbro is relaunching the G.I. <laughs> Joe line in 6-inch scale. They and look they, good. And they have, they have a neat... Uh, Stink eyes that looks pretty cool. So, I I wanted them to bring back the original, like those twelve inch GI Joes that were just guys. Yeah. Nobody wants your Barbie dolls, Kevin. <laughs> it was just like a dude. Yeah, it's like they had a name, but it's like it's dude. Yeah, it's army. I think it was just GI Joe. Yeah, it's GI Joe, but I it was like was army, navy. He had different. Yeah, it's like think, captain, sergeant, GI Joe. My name is Captain GI Joe. NECA's releasing a Casey Jones and Raphael in his disguise two-pack from the movie. Uh-huh. The Casey Jones looks really good. I'm, I mean, I've got I've got my second set came in finally of the the movie Turtles that includes Shredder, Splinter, and two different foot soldiers because they have two different listings for them: one with melee weapons, and then one with I believe it was said ninja weapons or range weapons. I forget ninja but, weapons. Yeah, like it was weird the way that they had them listed. Ninja like, weapon and gun. <coughs> but then they sounds have... like a role play <coughs> category. I'm proficient in ninja weapon and also exotic weapons. <laughs> but then they showed off. They're showing off more of the the cartoon wave, and it looks like the giant Krang android is part of it. As is uh, General Krag. <laughs> they and... should make like a 18 inch like Krang because he's really big in the cartoon. Yeah. It always sucked when if, if I got Krang as a as a Ninja Turtle like when I was a kid and he didn't come with like the body he just came with like oh, this God. walker thing the walker yeah before he got the body the yeah. little leg thing uh-huh. sucked dude he looks bigger in the picture here of, than the regular figures they so. should make like a five foot Krang for that one episode where he became oh, where he super giant, giant and they that. had to go into like his his like seams uh-huh. and shit oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Such a weird. Yeah. Also, because the comic, the cranes are like a, a race species. Yeah. And they're actually friendly. They're also showing. That's what TCRI is. They were just like building a machine so they could transport home to crash land. It up. They're doing the Triceratops. Yeah. yeah. A three three different versions of them. And Baxter Stockman. Aw, oh, yeah. Give me that weird fly looking dude. Human or fly version? Fly version. They've got the big bug eyed with his extra two little arms. That came out underneath. He was originally black and calm. I remember that. Learning that later on. Then he became like essentially like Rick Moranis looking guy in the cartoon. But also, Did Dan, you know Rick Moranis. For those of us who are '80s cartoon fans, <laughs> apparently NECA's doing a Defenders of the Earth toy line. Defenders. They have pictures here of Mandrake, Flash Gordon, the Phantom, and Lothar. And Ming. <laughs> Lothar! They're making a figure of Lothar. 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 Defenders. I bought toys. Oh, What'd you yeah. buy, Kevin? I got the Bring Arts 2B and 9S from Nier Automata. Nice! Yeah, I've heard those are... Xenogears, right? Yeah, I have all three of them. <clears throat> those, I've heard those are good figures. And then, I'm really tempted. On one hand, they have a 2B that's a palette swap. So, like, any white on the clothes is black, any black on clothes is white. Mm-hmm. Looks, like, really, like, 
just pops, but also I kind of want to get, they have, um, from the original Nier, a two back that comes with Nier from the version we didn't get in the U.S. So there's the two different versions, Gestalt and Replica. Uh, it's the replica version where instead of being the father of this girl who gets a disease, he's the brother. So he's not like, you know, in his middle age, instead he's like a teenage type of guy. And he comes with, um, a meal and the meal is like the skeleton form. He has his like staff. He's got a cloak over him. His big freaking head looks really cool. It's a two pack though, so it costs like a hundred and fifty bucks. They do that. They bring art line. Yeah, the Final Fantasy (coughs) figures that they are doing are also the two packs that they have. So how are the Xenogear stuff? I've never had a bring. I haven't taken them out yet. I've only kept them in the pack. I mean, I want to take them out, but I have some shelves I need put up in my room. And I don't have those shelves up yet. There's sitting because i have four shelves sitting over there that i need to put up so that i can un- <laughs> look at all those boxes there i have so many figures i need to actually take out of the package and put up and play with but there's i don't know i'm just not handy so i putting up shelves is, is a pain in the ass see i could get them up the problem is like i need to move some things because i have a table in mm-hmm. front of where the shelves yeah. would go on the wall and they're going up real high so it's like i I just don't want to move shit. I'm happy you put the shelves up. I just don't want to clean. I kind of want to damn record it and just task grab somebody to come over and be like, hey, you, 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 you do this for a living. Here's some money. Put up these shelves and, you know, I don't have to do it. While you're at it, can you, I don't know, clean up the poop in my dog's yard? You can get somebody to do that, too. There's a, The gig economy is alive and kicking, boys. There's somebody to do anything you need done. And they take out your robot. I mean, yeah, that, too, so. Don't trust any. Don't ever open no. that door. No. <clears throat> okay. You a cop? You gotta tell me you're a cop. Tell me you're a cop. Mia. Are, are you a cop? Mia, I'm a cop. You're not a cop. They're bringing back Han. Oh, yeah, it has been. Oh, yeah, so the Fast and Furious. <laughs> Fast New nine. trailer. I mean, fucking part a. of me that says fuck it, but uh, also part of me is like, what? <laughs> I'm with what Jeff Gersman when they watched that trailer. Yep. And he he's pissed off, but he's like, he's first not, they no. led Jason Statham into the gang, which that fucked up all of that. But then they bring him back, so that fucks up the fucking up of everything they're being fucked. They're making it right what once went wrong. <laughs> but now they're making that No, they're making wrong. it right again. Instead of Jason Statham bullshit ass, he can go off and make his, his movies with The Rock, and we can get our proper family back. Mm-hmm. I watched Jumanji also. The first one or the second? Yeah. For, that movie's fun. It's not <laughs> great, but it is not bad. It's It is entertaining. It is grab some candy, mm-hmm. grab some popcorn, and you're good to go. You know, Kevin Hart's not generally my cup of tea, but he's fine in this, you know? Like, it's the right level of Jack Black. Uh, the Rock is, you know, The Rock doing his... The Rock is I'm awesome. Enter- I'm entertaining. You guys like me, right? And then, you know, I mean, Karen Gillan is... Probably the one who's the most accomplished actress or actress out of those. And, you know, she's having a good time, too. So, And then you get a Jonas Brother thrown in there for some reason. That was random. Yeah. Because, like, he wasn't in the trailers, really. But he's in, like, half the movie. Mm -hmm. And then you get the guy who did the voice of the butler from Voltron. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Nigel in the movie. Fuck, what's the actor's name? He's, I can never remember his name, but his voice is yeah. so standout. He was also in <clears throat> probably the best episode of the X Files revival they did. Um, if you ever did, you ever watch any nope. of those? He was in an episode of that and was really funny in it. He's also the werewolf leader from What We Do in the Shadows. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, is Reese Darby? Is that his actor's name? Yeah, that's it. Like, I just love anything he's in. He is <laughs> the right level of over the top where he's not ridiculous, but with his voice. Oh, yeah. He would show up on uh, At Midnight when it was still on the air, that, and he was always, he always killed it. Like, he, his, he was game for pretty much anything on that show and was very funny, so. And Jumanji is great, like, when he first showed up mm-hmm. as, like, the guy giving the mission, right. and they kept asking questions, and he just keeps saying the same lines over and over. because he's an NPC. He's not gonna, he can't give you any other information than what he's programmed with. But yes, it was quite good. Um is entertaining and you know, more, better than I thought it would be for a movie that was basically a revival or a reboot sort of of the, you know, the original movie with Robin Williams. Of which of all Robin Williams movies, at least to me, that one ranks in the forgettable side. I mean, which one? Jumanji. Jumanji. I like him in Jumanji. Like, he was okay in it, but he wasn't even like the real star is the kids hmm. and David Allen Greer. Hey, you gotta respect David Allen Greer. He was a cop, but his dad worked at the shoe factory. And, like, everything went to crap. Because when Robin Williams was sucked into the board game, his parents were, like, shitty about keeping the factory going. And then everything went bankrupt. But if you if you paid real attention, you would have known that the hunter who was hunting Robin Williams during that movie was the same actor who played his dad. Maybe the hunter... Was the friends we made along the way. No, he's being hounded by the spirit of his father the whole time. That's no, is the friends. Kirsten Dunst in that movie too, guys. Don't oh, yeah. Anyways. Oh, the one other thing I saw that was real cool is after that guy did like almost... It could have been a 24-hour speed run of Final Fantasy IX. Later, like that day in the U.S., he played through a randomizer of Symphony of the Night with crowd control so people could donate to fuck with his game. You could tell he's sleep deprived, but really enjoying it. It's really good. That's what I watched. Okay. <coughs> I watched, we watched Parasite. Yes. I really need to see that. The best, oh, wait, no. Feature. I heard it's a horrible movie because Americans don't want to read subtitles. Why it's don't they bring back Casablanca and Gone, Gone with, with the with Wind? wind. <laughs> Saw the Trump stuff about it. I did not see that. There's, he, he mentioned it in a fucking campaign, in a fucking speech. This is what's wrong with America. Where are movies like Gone with the Wind? Let's bring them back. And then there's some columnist on Twitter, like, who's just the general fuck-up, who is checkmarked, he is verified, who said something about, this is what's wrong with America when they start winning the best picture. And then he's like, um, you shouldn't have to read subtitles, or something like that. And then somebody, people are saying like, when they win? What the fuck is wrong with you with this they? That's racist. And he's like, no, no, I just mean people who are making you read subtitles because they don't care about Americans. And, like, what's with that guy giving his um, acceptance speech not in English? Dude is Korean. He's going to speak Korean. 
That's what Koreans do a lot of times. It's like how Americans tend to speak English, because for the most part, even though it is, despite what Republicans want to think, it is not our national language, but it is the most common language. That's why redneck white guys speak English for everything. Well, Broken ass English. What are you talking about? Dang it, what? Dang it, what that jibba jabba you talking about? Let me ask you a question. But, uh, Parasite's good. I heard it's really good. It's very good. It's a good, it's a good movie. It's like, really, like, uh, what good movies do where they, they kind of suck you in and it's kind of, uh, like, like, I don't know, it's just like a good story. It's kind of fucked up. Yeah. But it's a good story. I mean, it's Korean, so it's kind of fucked up. And it's about class welfare type of things yeah, in Korea. Yeah, like, it's, it's good in the fact that, like, it's very kind of upfront what it's about, but also, like, subtle at the same time as, 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 uh, as much of a paradox that is. Like, it's kind of both. But you know, like, how some movies can be, like, way too obtuse, and it's just like, oh, it's actually about this. It's like, I, I, I can get it. I'm not a dumb person, but sure. Like, I mean, I guess anything could be about anything. Like, here's an impressionistic, like, fucking thing of a red cube. It's really about, like, your mental state inside. It's like, I get that it could be that, but... What I saw was an action movie about a talking squirrel. Yeah, so, I don't know. So, like, relax. But, like, this, so this movie does a good job of tra- straddling that line. Of, like, you know, being being obvious, but also, like, kind of, like, not super obvious at the same time. But, uh, yeah, and it's just good acting, all, all in all. Yes, very good. I heard it's pretty much the one of the few times where I'd actually, I stony see it to verify, but it sounds like one of the few times where I'd be like, yes, a really good movie won the best docs, uh, best uh, picture Oscar. Best Oscar. Best Oscar. Dan, I need to borrow your Pulse account to order all these Asian apocalypse figures and sure. stuff. Alright, I'm gonna... Okay. I wasn't sure if you'd ordered anything yet, so... Um, tell them about the other movie we watched the night before, Dan. Yeah, I was... I was yeah, get, the get night, into that. Nightmare Before oh, Christmas. Right before, right before that one, decided to watch uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Because uh, somebody hooked us up with some of these. But... Legitimate um, screeners of a friend of a friend of a you, friend. <laughs> you guys have now been made part of the uh, Screeners Guild. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. you got screeners yeah. for that reason. Yeah, I do screens of this biash. Um, yeah, talk about a movie that uh, doesn't want to tell you what it's about, ever. And, like, it's not like I haven't watched Quentin Tarantino films and enjoyed pretty much most of them. For the most part, I think I can, I think one time, the one time I watched Hateful Eight, that's it. I don't need to ever watch that movie again. It was okay. I think it was just overly long. Yeah, we did end up watching the, <coughs> the extended cut of it, too, in the theater with the, the yeah. 70 millimeter print. And then, like, so. you know, like, Pulp Fiction's still good, except for a couple of stuff that I just think goes way too long. Um, Truth be told, I, I, I could watch parts of Kill Bill, but I don't think I could really watch... I think Kill Bill oh. 1, I can watch Kill Bill 1 most of, Like, I don't like Kill Bill 2 that much. 2, you gotta fast-forward, like, half that movie yeah, easily. Yeah, I think it's I think it's just way too slow, and I think, uh, in confrontation is bad. I, I think, like, like it should have just maybe been one movie, because, like, like there's something about, like, the Tarantino snark, where it becomes a little bit too much. It wears on. And I'll get back to that. <laughs> so like so like like with Inglorious Bastards and um, Django, which I think which I think is his two best movies. I can agree with that. <clears throat> that like kind of like he still has that trademark like snark like wink and <clears throat> nudge nudge kind of stuff like. 
things like that. But uh, I think he tones it down to to a bit where he just kind of lets stuff play out, and there's and it never really feels like in those scenes that there's too many like stuff that just kind of doesn't go anywhere. Like stuff is always kind of building to a thing, especially Django. Django, Django's like I I think Django's his best movie overall, just because like that movie is going to somewhere all the time. Yeah, it has. Um, it's a journey the entire time. Yeah. And I know that's not always his style because like Pulp Fiction has like a lot of scenes kind of go you know kind of nowhere, but just kind of tell you like what a story of what their atmosphere. <clears throat> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has a lot of those scenes where they just kind of don't go anywhere. Um, in my opinion, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure some cinemaphile will be like, well, it's actually blah, 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 whatever. But but unlike, like, you know, Pulp Fiction or Glorious Bastards or even Hateful Eight, it never feels like those those scenes, like, one, tell you about anything about those characters or or, or even advance anything. Or it's, it's literally, it just feels like filler. Like, a lot, a lot of filler. Like, and, you know... Overall, it just doesn't seem like it's about anything. Like, I mean, I don't know. I, maybe I just missed the point, but me and John were both pretty much in agreement where it's just like, like, craft-wise, that was a good movie. And that was, that was you know, well-acted. All that stuff is all good, and it looked fantastic. But it's just kind of like, whatever. Yeah, beautifully shot, well-acted, <coughs> hollow. Yeah, and it just kind of just doesn't go anywhere. It's and cotton like, candy. And like you know, I mean, spoilers, spoilers. It's about like you know, it's the backdrop of the of the uh, Charlie Manson stuff. And they pull like a Kill Bill, uh, not a Kill Bill, like a Glorious Bastards thing. At Rewrite the history. Yeah. yeah, which I mean, I think it was fine with that with with the with the Hitler stuff because like that's so obvious that it's fake. Yeah, but like. And and also that's like like you know Nazis and Hitler are Hitlers Nazis and, and Hitler are like it's such a big topic where I mean it's such a such a large subject that like you know you can have different takes on it but like the Charlie Manson murders is such a small like you know a very person it happened to these individual people yeah right? so to have like another <clears throat> take on it feels really kind of a little bit grotesque. Also, see, I haven't seen the movie, but to me, I do know that it's a rewrite of history in some ways. Yeah, yeah. And for me, the one thing <clears throat> I kept thinking is, with Hitler, we all know ultimately the story of what happens yeah. with Hitler. Yeah, like, yeah. we're taught that in everything. All of our, so many movies are based around World War II or about <laughs> alternate history where we make it obvious. With the Tate murder, like... People do not really know that. We're removed enough in time that, like, you know, at that time is the biggest news story in the in the country. But we're removed enough that most people, like our generation or younger, don't really know that stuff too well. So you do an alternate, like, revision of it. Some people aren't going to know where the revision is and where the real is. Yeah, and, like, I mean, I guess I just don't get the symbolism between it because it's, like... You know, in, in, in Glorious Bastards, it's like standing up to, like, fascists. Like, that's basically right? And taking the... Fascism. It takes the oppressed, the Jews, yeah, and but, makes them stand up to the yeah, oppressor. And, you know, and, you know, there's problems with that kind of stuff, because maybe it ignores certain things. But at least, at least uh, functionally, there's, like, a point to it. But, like, like basically, like, the, the Charlie... Spoiler, spoiler, the Charlie Manson followers get, like, axed at the end. Um, and it's, it's a, <clears> like, it's just kind of, like... 
I don't know. It's just kind of weird. But that's that to me. That's not even like the thing about it that, that like made me like. I mean, I'll, I'll yeah, I'll just say I actually dislike that movie. Like, I mean, like there's individual scenes and all this stuff that's fine. You know what's funny? Mm-hmm. I was kind of worried about. I was, I was kind of wondering what my reaction would be to the Bruce Lee thing because <clears throat> that was like kind of like the controversy for a little bit on Twitter and on the internet about like Bruce Lee's portrayal. Like, oh, he's like, you know, I think Shannon Lee was saying like, oh, they're, you know, my father never acted like freaking his dad. And I'm like, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of examples that he did, but I mean, you are also his daughter. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to like disagree with you, I guess, but also you're probably biased because that's your father. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, have, I have an idea of my father that's probably very different from reality also. But regardless of that, I don't think that part was actually like that bad. The whole like him, him, him being, um, being like, uh, you know, arrogant, arrogant and yeah. stuff like that. Or even, or even like, you know, kind of having a fight to the drive. I didn't think that was that big of a deal. Uh, I mean, I think honestly, briefly would kick that guy's ass for real because like that guy like actually fought like a lot of people. The way that they portray him in the movie, like, you know, unsaid is kind of like, oh, he's like a he's like a movie star, so he doesn't actually like exactly I mean he can fight to a certain skill level, but he's but here's Brad Pitt and he's actually a rough and tumble guy, so he's actually like so like those kind of cancel each other out. It's like now nah, Bruce Lee actually had a lot of street fights. Yeah. yeah. Like he fought people constantly on people sets, came especially at him. when he filmed in Asia. Yeah. People came at him, like for real. Yeah. Um like this wasn't drunken fucking no. brawlers, right? No. Anyway, besides that point, like, I, I, I thought it was funny. My reaction to it was most of the internet reaction was that, oh, this is, like, such a good, like, um, like imitation of Bruce. Mm-hmm. Like, this guy does, like, a really good job. And I think it's actually really shitty. I think it's a really shitty Bruce Lee. It's like a it's it's a caricature of a, a person that wasn't even. Yeah, I think I think the actual imitation of him is the caricature, not so much the character representation. Yeah, I think that guy did a bad job of Bruce Lee. Like I, I, I his his accent is all wrong. I mean, well, we have a lot of audio footage of him talking, and he doesn't sound like that. And, like, there's two ways to do, like, where you portray a real-life person. You can either try to do a pitch-perfect thing where you sound exactly or very close to him. Do a Josh Brolin in W. <coughs> which this guy tried to do, but he doesn't sound like him at all. Especially, it's hard because Bruce Lee had a very distinctive kind of, you know, voice and a very distinctive way of, of talking. Or at least, we have so much audio of him that you kind of know what he looks and sounds like, right? Or... You can go the other direction where you're kind of doing, like, a, a, a version of that person. And then, like, you know, being upfront that you're not doing, like, an exact carbon copy. A Taika Waititi in Jojo Rabbit where he's like, no, oh, I'm... That's going to come up with a better... Or better. Dick. That movie, uh, <coughs> I think it's Dick, that had... Um, it's Richard Nixon and it had yeah, um, yeah. Alicia Silverstone, I think? No, Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst it might have been. Who was... Is like, what if Richard Nixon was more of a cartoon character than the devil? Yeah, or I mean, I mean, I mean, even sticking with Bruce Lee, like uh, Dragon and Bruce Lee story with Jason Scott Lee, like he doesn't look like that, look like Bruce Lee, and he doesn't even talk like Bruce Lee most of the time, and like, but you believe him as Bruce Lee because he's acting like him, or at least what do we think? He's selling the role, <coughs> but like, anyway, well, but at the same time, like you know, it's a Tarantino film, so I think. 
dealing with caricatures are are is kind of his bag and i mean i don't fault people for finding it offensive like i mean i i totally believe believe if people do find offensive like i mean that's kind of part of caricature like i mean i don't want to say it's a take it or leave it kind of thing but kind of like that's kind of his style and if yeah you don't if you're not into it like you're not into it like yeah, I mean, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't criticize it. Like, I think, I, th- I think, I think it's bad, but I think a lot of it is like not, not. So, on one hand, I just want to say a lot of the people who will go online saying this is like spot on Bruce Lee. A lot of those people have never even watched a whole Bruce Lee movie. They've just seen like random YouTube clips of Game of Death, or they've seen like they've saw the. Um, Oh, was it the every morning video from Sugar Ray or whatever that had the fake Bruce Lee fight show up for a second? They've seen that type of shit where they think they know Bruce Lee just through osmosis of pop culture. On the other hand, I wanted to just say there's also the controversy with that movie of uh, Shannon Tate's family that's still alive. Oh, said no. they did not care for a lot of the things they did with her, and they were not happy with her being even represented. Of which it's a tricky situation because it's recent enough that the family members are alive, so it's like it's somebody who is part of the mainstream <coughs> enough, part of, you know, pop culture, part of the, you know, national identity that you do have the fair use to use them in things. But at the same time, it's tricky because it is somebody who is the victim of a horrible murder Hmm. and the family might be sensitive. I mean, it's fair use because we have freedom of expression. I mean, at the same token, like, I think it's perfectly probably right and fair for family. Like, this sucks. Please don't make any news about our daughter or our, you know, our relative. Because, I mean, if, like, I had a, if I had a relative that was killed, like, in a horrible way... Like, even if it wasn't sensationalized, but also, like, one of the most famous murders in, in, like, in the country in the last, like, 50 years, like, by one of the most, like, notorious, like, dudes in, in the U, in U.S. history, like, I mean, like, I wouldn't want it to be ever, like, shown again, because, like, I'm going to run into trailers for that movie, I'm going to run into people talking about that movie. I mean, it's... I'm going to be... And then, like, especially if it's a famous story, like, I'm going to run into people saying, like, oh, how do you feel about, like, this movie with the portrayal of, like, your loved one that was, like, brutally, <clears throat> brutally murdered? And it's just, like, I wouldn't want that either. No. That's I mean, it's... Talking, like, I mean, it's fair use. It's pretty much fair use versus, like, common courtesy. And I mean, both sides are technically correct. But it's kind of like with Weird Al. Any song that he does a parody of... With the notable exception, the famous exception being Amish Paradise, he always got permission from the person who made the original. And then Amish Paradise, I guess <coughs> there's confusion where he heard there was yeah. approval and really Coolio is like, no, no one should touch my, my songs because they are the greatest art pieces ever made in the world. They aren't. Cooking with Coolio, baby. But like Weird Al never want to cross that line. And it's like, both sides are perfectly fine, but it's always saying, like, it's a good, like, thing to think about. Yeah. I mean, I think the real sin of that movie is that, like, of, of his movies, like, he gave me a library of Quentin Tarantino movies to watch again. Like, that wouldn't really be one of my picks. You know? No. Like, if you're like, here's your choice for this afternoon, which Tarantino movie do you want to watch? I probably wouldn't pick that one. The only reason why I would pick it would be maybe... Kill maybe, Bill 2 is the only other option. Well, no, just to be like, well, am I... Am, I mean, do I feel different about it, like, the second time through? But... 
I mean, I've still never seen Jackie Brown, so I don't know. That's one that I liked it the first time, but that's one where it's like, I don't think I ever need to see it again, because a lot of those scenes are those meandering, going nowhere, like, just talking, creating atmosphere scenes. Like, honestly, if I watched it again, I'd probably just fast forward through half of it or have, like, my phone out, like, uh-huh. doing whatever for half the movie. I wonder if, like, the big ticket for, like, being an artsy movie is, you know, or, like, to somebody being like, oh, you know, you don't get it, is to be like, here's some great actors with some great dialogue and a bunch of scenes that don't actually mesh together or tell any story. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing about that movie is that it's, you know, at least... Pulp Fiction had a narrative that was, even though it was told out of order, still, you could, by the end of that movie, you knew the progression of events. You knew there was an yeah, actual... Yeah, and, and part of part of Pulp Fiction was also that, I mean, in a mainstream movie sense, you know, that movie was, was you know, it was, it was small first, but then it became, like, a thing, was that, like, just a further exposure to a lot of people, that kind of, <coughs> that kind of movie, where there's, like, a lot of stuff that kind of is out of order. Out of sequence. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was there wasn't a lot of movies like that before. No. It it was the trendsetter for that type of style. It it helped make a very artistic style of film into the mainstream. Yeah. Uh you know, I mean like I think Dan's probably right that Django is probably his best movie, for sure. Yeah, like I mean it's, it's Django and Inglorious Bastard. Yeah, those really... two are pretty Pulp Fiction's up there too. It's those three that I think are the the best yeah. representations of his movie. I mean, I know it's not a, it's strictly a him film, but he did direct half of uh, of uh, the Grindhouse movies. That Death Proof is actually Death Proof is actually really good and impressive from not only a technical perspective, but also the fact that it's you know it's got three fem- it's all got all female protagonists. Yeah, I mean, like I still like that movie. I remember the big criticism of Death Proof was like, oh, like. Like shit, there's like a lot of stuff that's not going anywhere. <clears throat> but that's that's like that like but that stuff kind of served the whole dread kind the of tension. Stuff. Yeah, that's the it's whole like point. Seventies seventies <clears throat> horror. That's like, what you know violence that, movies. Yeah, that's like, what those were. If you watch Halloween, like the first Halloween, like the first like forty minutes of that movie is not really like there's just dread building the whole time because like Michael Myers isn't killing people every five minutes or ten he minutes. He only kills like four people. Yeah, yeah, like and they're definitely like meant to impact you when you see it happen. Or Friday Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. I mean, like as a kid, mm-hmm. it would have been like if you told me no, no Friday Thirteenth, Friday the Thirteenth, the first one. Did not have Jason running around with a machete. I'd say, what? No, he wasn't there. Alien. Alien is this far more subdued thing than, like... Yeah, Alien doesn't really have anything scary until the scene when the chestburster comes out. And also because you don't really see the alien from most of that movie. Yeah, Yeah, 70s stuff had a different... Like, the whole, like, pacing and tone was very 70s. Like... 70s horror was a genre. Usually start off with a banger, right? Because that's also what happens in Death Proof. Like, yep, yeah. There's that fifteen fifteen minutes in when was it Rosario? uh, Not Rosario Dawson. um, Can't remember the actress's name now. I'm sorry, but yeah, yeah. You start with a boom, and then you go nice and mellow. Yeah, because that now you know because now you know what's going to happen. You know the stakes, but like also Halloween starts with uh, like basically them thinking. I mean, uh, talking about Michael Myers killing people, 
and like and then then it kind of goes back to just like hey here's just Jamie Lee Curtis and fucking and fucking the and her horny, her horny horny just, friend. but because you know like mm-hmm. Michael Myers is out there so like that's the scary part you're just like oh when is the when is the hammer gonna drop yeah it's like show you the stakes try and lure you both into a false sense of security and also keep you on edge because it's too safe and then just everything goes to hell at the end. 70s were great for horror movies. I mean, that's why, like, um, I mean, remember Get Out? Like, that follows the same form. Yeah. Because the very beginning is that guy getting captured. Yeah. And then you're just like, oh, okay. Shit. Now I know that this is a horror movie, and here's some laughs. And then you're looking at everything. And that, that guy shows up in the middle of the movie, and you're less like, oh, no. Oh, here it goes. And the whole time, you know every time you see something that's a little too normal to be suspect of it. Let me tell you, Dan, I would have voted for him for a third time. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy sex stuff. They're making yes. six sex leads. Sex leads. <coughs> TSA. But yes, uh, not the... Plus that movie's long. Yeah. And it's it like two like... and a half hours long, and it feels long. Yeah, and like, um, Parasite was about a little over two hours mm-hmm. also, but it didn't feel long. No. I was actually kind of upset that it ended. I wanted to keep going, because yeah. I, liked, I liked the story of... I mean, I liked the characters that they had in the story. Well, it's like, you could have a long movie that feels brisk oh, no, and no. fun. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of Marvel movies, for the most part, are a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, Meanwhile, you have movie. Batman v Superman was... Going between two and a half to three hours, and it felt like five fucking hours. Fucking when I watched that Transformers, I forget which one. Oh, <laughs> we're going back in time. Or no, was it the Moon one, Dan? Or was no, it, the... it was the Marky Mark one. Oh, okay, uh, wasn't that just tra- Fa- was Revenge it? of the no. Fallen? I don't know, but that felt like it was like fucking five <laughs> hours long. <laughs> Like I remember looking at my looking Time at my grinded to a halt. Yeah, looking at my cell phone, watching it with my nephews, and they're just having a ball. But I was watching. I looked at my phone, and I was like, "It's been fifty-five minutes. Are you fucking kidding me?" And I haven't. I'm not even counting the trailers because those trailers, including that fifty-five minutes, I was like, "You fucking kidding me?" I thought we're like an hour and a half into this thing by now. Because I was like, "Where is this movie going? Where is?" Oh, oh shit. shit! I'm still in the first act. Fuck you. See that uh, that nineteen seventeen movie also <coughs> was. Uh, <coughs> oh yeah, we saw that nineteen seventeen yeah. movie in the theaters. Sam that's uh, that's that's pretty good. That's I I really like that movie. Also, like, oh sorry, yeah, go, go go. Less than two hours. Oh yeah, that's a less than two hours. We were like, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is a war movie. It's going to be obviously two and a half hours long. I looked at the runtime. I'm like, are you kidding me? Well, yeah, I wanted to see that in the in the theater because I figured if there's going to be a movie of those, if it's a know, war movie, the best movie ish, I'm gonna watch the one with the with the with explosions, the, with the one car- one camera. Yeah, the, one, that's technically impressive movie for sure. Yeah, I mean, you can see where the cuts would be. So it's not. I I don't think they try to hide it. Like, well, they hide it, but they don't. They're not like coy about it. Like, it really is one cut. It's just made to look like it. But like, that's a really good movie because it's and it's also super simple. Like, it's really like we're at point A and we need to get to point B. And like, that's the movie. <laughs> Movies <coughs> can be simple. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, there is a joy I mean, to a simple really, movie. It looks really cool, especially if you've listened to the Dan Carlin hardcore history of World War One. You're yeah. just like, yep. That's fucked. Yep. Yep. One. Yeah, like, you know, him ta- like that gave me more context on that movie for sure because, you know, he, he talks about how, no, what No Man's Land was and then, you you know, they recreated a portion of it 
and you're just like, yeah, that's not, I mean, that's bad, but, like, it's probably worse in real life. Oh, yeah, it's kind of funny, like, as much as, like, I mean, as much as they show, like, wow, how crazy some of that stuff is, like, you're also thinking, like, man, the real life version is, like, way worse. Like, they couldn't put that on the screen. Like, if they went accurate, they would probably disturb too many people, or they might disturb some people. Yeah, I mean, and I also think probably part of the real real part is also, like, you know, the the senses we can't, like, have in the... In, in a movie, smell, smell and touch. Yeah, and touch. Uh-huh. yeah like, when Hardcore History was talking about, like, <coughs> the fields were stinking of rotting corpses, it's yeah. like, you, you can't can, show you can that. You see a character react like that, but you can't, you literally can't see, yeah. I mean, I mean, how <coughs> in the movie, but yeah. I, think, I think that movie was really good, and there's some really, just really good cinematography mm-hmm. in that. Like, that's, that's definitely a movie, like, watch it on... On, in the theater or like a nice a nice setup at home, yeah. like that's the, I, I would watch that again. Yeah. Type of movie where you set aside an hour and a half instead of well, I've got something to do halfway through, so I'm just going to oh, pause want, the movie. Yeah, again. it's like one, it's like an hour fifty, yeah, it's, something like that. So it's like really brisk. It's like a good war story, you know. Like a good. It doesn't get bogged down anywhere either. Like that's the thing. Like Dan said, it's a yeah, point A to point B, going. but they just go. Like they go. Like there's, you know, there's a few moments of like quietness when they're doing stuff, but like it's not a movie that just sits in one place and goes, "Okay, we're gonna talk about things for 15 minutes." No, we're gonna keep moving. Yeah, it's very impressive. Very good. So yeah, you know, actually watch some Best Picture nominees this year. That's a surprising <coughs> thing. Don't always do that. Yeah, I still have to watch Moonlight at some point. It's been my ongoing thing for like two years. That's the Marshall Ali one. Yeah, yep. yeah okay. I mean, you did watch the other one while you were sick, Dan. You watched the other uh, <laughs> Marshall oh, Ali. I did, I did watch Green Book <laughs> while I was sick like last week. So like one day I was just like watching movies. So I watched uh, Green Book, which... So it wasn't half bad. I was like, ah, I mean, you know, you see where like this is like an infant's... infant's uh, this is like a child's viewpoint of how racism mm-hmm. works. Mm-hmm. But, like, I mean, the actors are so good that, like, you know, you can kind of, you know, sometimes Hollywood is simple. But also, like, like afterwards, uh, reading about, like, the real the real people and, like, <coughs> like apparently, like, uh, the Marshal Ali's character never considered, like, that guy his friend. Because, like, at the end of the movie, it's like, oh, now they became friends mm-hmm. forever. Oh, yeah. Oh. That's basically the post, <coughs> right? And then, it's, and then, like, I was like, oh, okay, I want to read, like, what other people thought about some of the, you know, controversy. Because all I heard was, like, it's a super simplic, sim- simplistic, simplistic yeah. view of, like, racism. Yeah. Because basically, like, like basically, Marshall Ali is a, a, a world-famous uh, jazz uh, pianist and... <clears throat> he goes on a tour mm-hmm. of of the Midwest and the South, right? And then so he wanted somebody who could be a chauffeur, and so he was he was recommended um, uh, Vigo Mortensen. Vigo Mortensen, who's this you know really roughneck, tough like Italian dude, you know, kind of you know maybe connected with a little bit of a you know His, a little bit of organized yeah, crime. Uh-huh. Not really. Not he's not a mafioso. A family man. He's not really a mafioso, but he, you know he's done he's, some jobs. He's seen some things. Yeah, I mean the the context is that he's a bouncer at a club, yeah. right? And he's he seems like he's pretty good at his job. He's one of those guys who like can like turn around a situation because he he can he can really make it make you believe that he doesn't give a fuck yeah. and he's going to like well I guess one of us is going to mm-hmm. go in the mm-hmm. hospital at the end of and it. it's going to be you. So do you want to yeah. see what happens? Yeah, that's basically like his character. <laughs> so he's kind of a rough dude, and you know he's like he's like loudmouth and uncouth. 
But like when they go to the South, right? Obviously, obviously they both know that the South is has, has some stuff, uh-huh. right? And they go out. They they also point out like you know there's racism in New York and all this stuff. <clears throat> but like, but like a lot of times, like uh, Vico Mortensen's character is like, "Hey, why don't you just like let him like you know like use the bathroom? Just let him use the bathroom." I know, like, hey, this is a very famous guy. Hey, just and it's just like, are you just learning for learning a lot of this for the first time? I understand this is the fifties, so like maybe some of the communication isn't uh, forget you know about what it. this is. But actually, I mean, you know, what the movie is titled and also what they show in the movie is actually the thing I want to see the most is the Green Book, the the Negro's Guide, uh, Motorized Guide. To the South? Yeah, I think it's called the Negro's Motorized Guide or something like that. Hmm. That's what a Green Book is. So they used to publish this. Independent uh, uh, black um, uh, folks would publish, like, a guidebook of just where Where you can go. When you're in, in a particular state, these are the numbers, addresses, mm-hmm. where you can eat, you know, these kind of places, bars you can go to. Places that won't get you uh, beaten up or killed. Possibly. Yeah. Or even you could just do any business yeah. with. Yeah. 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 I think it's also just general business also. So it's your motorized guide. So, or yeah, you know, where you can stop to rest if you need to rest, if you need to like camp out for the night yeah. or something like that. <clears throat> so that stuff is in, that stuff is interesting. I mean, the book shows up a couple of times, but yeah. but it's also one of those where the actors are so good. Like it's it's you it's, go let things slide. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's still worth watching a little bit. It's it has a plot, so good acting and plot is okay. Yeah. Whereas good acting, no plot is yeah the worst. Well, not bad acting, no plot, is the worst. Yeah. I also saw, um, I watched, they had the new season of Narcos Mexico, season two, continuing uh, the starring continuing adventures of... Uh, of uh, El Chapo? No, as well, so he's, oh. he's rising up. Oh, so right. it's, it's the, the right first hand. two episodes is not him. It's about this guy, Felix Gerardo, yeah. which was like, they, they I guess his nickname was Jefe or Boss of Bosses. Like he was, he was the first like uh, guy in Mexico to kind of bring. Who's still alive in prison, uh-huh. but he said the first guy to bring everybody together as a as a cartel, as a big cartel. Gotcha. And kind of holding that together, it's very Game of Thrones like because he's he's basically trying to hold all of his feudal lords who are all in command of like different regions of Mexico like in line, and they all hate each other, and they also hate him. But he has the connections. Uh-huh. To the Mexican government, to the military, and he has the money to kind of make them work together. But at some point, criminal's going to criminal. Betrayal going to happen. <clears throat> yeah, just to say there's some shocking things that happen. But I think I like that I like that show because um, it's just uh, really good, really well acted. And, I, and also... Um, like same thing with the with the first three seasons of Narcos, which was all the Venezuela, uh, the uh, Escobar, Pablo Escobar, Escobar and then the third the third season was the Cali Cartel. Um, it's mostly in Spanish, like almost. Um, I would say maybe about eighty percent of that movie of that movie of that's of those of the TV series is in Spanish. So I like I like that they just went hard on it. Um, as we learned recently, Americans do not appreciate reading Sometimes, subtitles. Yeah. What's also cool is that because the Narcos Mexico season is technically happening in tandem with the with Colombia uh, stuff, time wise, yeah, with yeah. the with the Colombia stuff, 
Because basically, in a nutshell, the Colombians were selling cocaine, and they were selling cocaine through the Caribbean via via boats and planes. At some point, the U.S. Coast Guard and the United States in general shut that lane down. Mm-hmm. It was like, you can't fucking, you're not doing this anymore. So they needed another way. And where's another way? What's the best way to cross into the United States with the most traffic in, in, in the one of the most trafficked uh, border crossings in the world? U.S. and Mexico border. Mm-hmm. So they needed people to distribute in Mexico. And so on the Mexican side, it's basically like, oh, they're giving us such a bad price because they're using us individually. Why don't we band together and force them to pay? And us. Force us yeah. to pay because hey, if you want to go through, basically at one point, like Felix Gardo, uh, who's played by uh, the guy from Rogue One, Diego Luna. Diego I, Luna. I forgot. I misrepresented <coughs> the name yeah. when you asked me before. Yeah, yeah. Gil Garcia, Garcia Bernal is the other, the other guy yeah. in the E E Two Mama Tambien. Yes. Movie. I always associate them with that movie. That's. I mean, that's where they kiss at the end. Yeah, but that was, was a sexy movie. They also had movie. sex with the, the the hot mom. So yeah. you know, that was a sexy yeah, movie. That was a sexy movie. And then that director made Harry Potter three. <laughs> that's what we all Fuck expected. Yeah, Alfonso Cuarón, you did good shit. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> also but, made. But anyway, at, at one point, he basically is. tells the Kali cartel, like, oh, um, you don't like my price? Why don't you go through Canada? You see, you, <laughs> you want to see how, how easy that is to organize that? That's 3,000 miles away. But anyway, so that's how it happens. But it's kind of cool because it's like a narcos MCU universe because mm-hmm. the Kali cartel guys show up all the time at one point. In season, Dude, crossover yeah, episode. In season one, Mexico, like, they actually go... Um, they actually go to uh, Colombia and they meet uh, Pablo Escobar when they were first starting, like the the drug origin drug. story. Yeah, I mean, what's funny is that like so season one of Narcos, spoiler, spoilers, but it's a real life thing. Um, uh, uh, Miguel or Michael Pineda, Michael Pena, Pink Michael Pena, Michael Pineda was a Mariners pitcher. Right? Or Miguel Pineda? We traded him to Michael. The he yeah. went to the Yankees and he was really good. And then the <laughs> Yankees overworked him and he yeah. needed and Tommy got John. that catcher that, was, that never turned out to be anything. Oh, Montero. Yeah, Montero. Um, Jesus. So, uh, Michael Pena is, it plays uh, this guy, uh, Kiki Camarena, who's a DA agent. And uh, he's, the thing, the thing that's famous about him is that he eventually gets killed by the, by the Mexican cartels. But what's funny is that the like the first episode of season one Narcos in Colombia actually mentions that because well not first episode first season because at some point like Mexico becomes like fucking like a crazy place because the DAA like wants revenge for that stuff so we started doing some uh, pretty pretty illegal stuff down there um, combating some very very bad guys so it's one of those kind of like uh, these are very horrible people but also we're like skirting a lot of international laws at the same time by kidnapping uh, foreign nationals and bringing them to the US that's probably not a thing that you should be doing especially with a country that is uh, nominally your ally but uh, we're a big bad US so we get to do it and uh, people get mad at the UN and then nothing actually happens so there's there America fuck yeah but that's also what that's also what the, that story is is kind of like you know there used to be a head guy but he got everybody upset even the United States because they killed this DAA guy and so there was a concerted effort to take him out both in Mexico and, and out and once he goes 
now bad things are going to happen because when you don't have power vacuum. Yeah, when you don't have El Jefe to for everybody to hate, now everybody goes, oh yeah, we hate each other. I hate each other and I want to be the <clears throat> big boss. No, I want to be the big boss. It's basically Game of Thrones. Now I'm or gonna, Genghis Khan. Now I'm going to give you a yeah. Colombian necktie. Because yeah. when Genghis Khan died, that's when the Empire got split up. Same with Alexander the Great. So El Jefe is another one of those great like conquerors yeah. of the world. It's funny you mentioned with drugs. Genghis Khan. We, were, we, did, we did play a tabletop game since the last podcast called... What was it called? Tapestry. Uh, tapestry. That is... I'm not usually big on those point-based, like, you know, long, you know, couple-hour games, or, you know, mm-hmm. multi-hour games. This one was actually a lot of fun, and it did only take, like, two, a little, about two hours or so to play a round of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, you, each each of the players has their own civilization type that they choose out of three, so they pick a random, you get a random draw of, like, three types of civilizations, and I ended up getting the Nomads. And the premise of the, the the game is that everybody has like a capital city that they're trying to build out over the course of the game with you know either buildings that they are trying to d- different types of buildings that they're trying to place on this little miniature map to create you know like an actual capital city. Well, the nomads don't give a shit about their capital city, so they can place their their buildings directly on like the world map. So like Dan and and uh, the other people we're playing with had these like intricately you know built capital cities where they're trying to get like points based on creating rows of of uh the buildings and my capital city completely blank i had zero buildings in my capital city so i think somebody commented that i think you might have mentioned it dan you're like your capital city is like genghis khan's capital city yeah it's It's just a tent it's just a tent out in the fucking wilderness yeah it's a tent (laughs) and then a bunch of loot around Uh uh-huh we're off pillaging (laughs) yeah Welcome to I forgot what the what the what the Genghis, oh, Genghis the, Khan's the Mongol Empire capital city is. Yeah, I forgot what it was called. Oh, I should know right? this because I I played the Mongols so often in Civ uh, Four. Karakum, Karakum, Karakorum, yeah, yeah. Karakorum. Something like that. Because yeah. Yeah. I always played them because they had those good. Um, <coughs> I mean, I'm sure there's special unit. There's probably more buildings, but yeah. but, but for the most part, it's like you got the yurt. Yep. <laughs> This is where we sleep. Genghis That's Khan's it. house. That's all it says. Hey, the Mongols were, mm-hmm. I mean, the classic Mongols, mm-hmm. they knew what they are good at. They are good at conquering stuff. Riding and horses. Ride, uh, yeah. And moving on. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't bother with architecture. Leave that to the other people that we conquered. We didn't bother with siege weapons. Mm-hmm. Leave that to the people we conquered or the Chinese guys that we said, you got to fight for us or you're going to die. Although, sure, <laughs> I'll make a catapult, guys. <laughs> they knew how to improve on ideas and solve problems. Like... <laughs> They have big city walls. Our catapults won't damage them, but we have people infected with the plague. Yeah. Put them in the catapults. And they know. And they knew about psychology. Hey, you gonna surrender? Yes. Okay, you're, you're gonna live. You gonna surrender? No. Okay, everybody's gonna die. Next city. You gonna surrender? Yes, yes, yes. We don't want to die like the other bread. Kill you also. <laughs> so <laughs> nobody the next guy, he can even yeah. So nobody can forget. And the next guy, he doesn't even fucking know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> You are you going to surrender? I don't know, but I just peed myself. Exactly, that's what we want. <laughs> oh, the great thing of, I mean, the, the other thing about the Mongols is that is that like, hey, what, what's your religion? Are you gonna are you gonna spread it around and stuff? No, why not? Well, you kind of have to be a Mongol 
or you're dead to kind of be our religion so why would we ever spread it around you're not mongolian you don't get to be our religion the only yeah. people going heaven by heaven <coughs> we mean not necessarily we're just going to kill you flat out yeah they literally did not spread their that's why they had freedom of religion they're like why would anybody want to be our religion because you're not mongol it wouldn't make any sense to you so according to this religion like, all of us are great because we're mongols oh wait i'm not yeah. Fuck! Why am I here? Now, my favorite is that is that whole like is that whole uh, is the response to the Vatican and also I think to like Baghdad, which basically like because their their initial stuff to the Mongols were like, hey, don't fuck with us because like you know God is on our side and all these things, and the Mongols basically <laughs> formula reply was, <coughs> if God is on our on your side. And we win so many things, and we have conquered all the known universe. What's that say? <laughs> what does that say about you and your god? <laughs> that always reminds me of the the scene in Conan where uh, where they're talking about their their gods they pray to. Mm-hmm. Conan is like Karam, strong on his mountain, and fucking Suatai is like, no, your god lives underneath it, underneath mine. My god's greater. Yeah. <laughs> Conan gives him that look. He's like, motherfucker, I will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the, the I like that Mongol Mongol yeah. way of thinking. And it's like, and basically, like, well, why don't we have the battle, and then we can find out whose god is greater? I think it's gonna be our god. <laughs> yeah. Just as a hint, here's a spoiler: your god don't love you as much as our god. Yeah. Actually, I like that Dan Brown uh, thing where he he says that the Mongols were like a very very well trained uh football team. Mm-hmm. They had these plays, they had a very like strategy of like this is what we we want to be a running team or passing team whatever and they would face like these like European knights or middle eastern like you know uh, uh armies that were like put together and they don't know how to play with each other and then the Mongols even with lesser people were like yeah, we kind of train all day. That's kind of what we do, buddy. We have different plays. We're gonna faint, faint. We're gonna retreat for ten miles. I don't give a fuck. People wonder how a, I mean, you know, going back to conflicts in the '60s, wonder how a small group of Jewish immigrants were able to, you know, stave off like every country in the Middle East trying to take them over. Oh, yeah. A smaller, well, yeah. well-trained military. <coughs> they can go. Oh, by the way, your numbers don't mean anything. Yeah. I mean, of course, backed by U.S. military. Technology that didn't hurt, but still, yeah, that didn't hurt. No, but also they were well trained with that yeah. that military technology. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes coming to play <laughs> with the right tools and the right yeah. mindset. Well, it's sport, basically. Yeah. Oh yeah, All Star Weekend. We watched. Uh, we did our standard. Watch the uh, the skills challenge, three point contest, dunk contest. All I gotta say, dunk contest was rigged. It was bullshit. The ending of that was very. And that's every other dunk contest it feels like. Well, it's not. Or was that, this one even? This like, one was yeah, more was more bad. egregious. This one was pretty bad because it was a guy who had gotten screwed over a few years back already. Oh, um, and then came back this year and basically lit up everyone. Had perfect dunks like through the first five rounds, yeah, and yet still lost because of the last dunk because. The judges were, I don't know, tired and wanted to go home. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade had reservations at the club and bottle service. The bottles were chilling and he was like, I got to go. So, yeah, it was it was, it was, was sad. I mean, the dunks themselves were all spectacular. It was one of the better, like, ones in recent memory. Like, actual, like, the level of competition. 
Um, and then they actually made a really good change to the three-point contest, which was fun to oh, see. Oh, yeah, they had a, another... The Mountain Dew Zone. The Mountain Dew Zone. Which were two Oh, yeah, shots. the classic basketball rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The well, they, had, zone. they had two shots at each each you know portion of the the near the the uh, side of the key that was like you know longer. It was like the Steph Curry shot, basically. Yeah, uh, super long shot. And that that you know they add, had to add ten seconds to the timer so that they could account for those two extra shots because they had to move to those spots. Yeah, that's um, pretty cool. And then you know we didn't I didn't watch the whole game, but the highlights of the All Star game itself was actually pretty entertaining um, because they changed the format of that game too. Basically made it so that every quarter they start out at zero zero. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's like four mini games. Yeah. So well, okay. So the first two quarters, quarters they they started out zero zero, and then whoever uh, won the most quarters, I believe, um, they would take their score and then add. Uh, I forget. They added twenty five. Mm-hmm. Oh no, twenty four because of Kobe Bryant. Okay. They yeah. added twenty four points to that, and that's the target score to hit to win the game. It's pretty cool because it actually made them, <coughs> yeah. made them, uh, made them play pretty hard at the last quarter, which is usually not a, a yeah, the, thing. yeah. Usually, it's the last quarter is coast. Get, get everybody in and kind of like you know everybody's kind of lazily going. They were playing actual defense during the All Star game, Kevin. Like the players were actually trying to stop people from scoring points, which <laughs> that doesn't happen yeah. at the All Star game. They were fa- intentionally fouling people and arguing calls with referees. It was almost as if they gave a shit, as opposed to most years where they're just like, man, I was out partying for the whole weekend, just going to kind of ease up on this game. Mm-hmm. I'll make one easy shot that just looks good for a highlight reel, and then I'm just drinking Gatorade because, man, I'm Yeah, I'm dehydrated. And then we got, to see, we got to see Zion actually play during the sophomore uh rookie game or the what is it called now the rising stars challenge rising stars challenge where instead it's now the u.s versus the world instead of you know first rookies versus sophomores that guy's good damn he's very good Ryan Williamson? yeah that guy's uh that guy's pretty good he's like a uh, dominic wilkins with the uh, outside shot well that's that's fair it's an easy way wilkins, it's, it's wilkins a, had an outside shot but he definitely has a has a further range <laughs> And he's a monster around that rim. Yeah, and he always just looks like he's just really dumpy when he when he walks. Yeah. When he jogs, <laughs> his, his, tr- like, his trot does not look like a like a smooth man. Yeah, like it looks like he, yeah, it looks like he's just kind of like, oh, mom, okay. Yeah. But when he starts running, it's like, oh shit, here comes a freight train because yeah. that guy's that guy that guy looks like he will. He makes those cuts that are so yeah, fast. But too. when he's just like like regular jogging back up the court, <laughs> like he just looks very kind of like. Dum, dum, dum. I love him. Yep. And he's not even in prime shape yet. Oh, God, John. They have the Snow Speeder and all the oh. other Black Series stuff. The for... Ghostbusters are up for pre-order, too, Dan. Did you see them? Did you see the pictures? Oh. Oh, they look so good, Dan. The Rebel, Rebel Soldier from Hoth, I can only get two. Ah. That is a quantity. Yeah. I wonder if it's per account or per order. Because if you want more, I could I can get you. I can order two. <coughs> what would this be? So, yeah, they have a lot of good Star Wars figures. For what video too. games have people played? I think I've only been playing <laughs> one video game yeah. since the last podcast. We honestly have only really been playing one video game on this side. And it's... Destiny? No. Oh, it's no. Monster Hunter Iceborne. Iceborne. Oh, okay. That's I was going literally to say, all I've been playing. It's In my mind, it's going to be Destiny, Monster Hunter, or maybe, like, 
some online thing the, that I can't. Oh, think technically, of. I can talk about it another game. Oh, go ahead, Stone Shard. Yeah, yeah tell us about Stone Shard. Then. <coughs> Stone I Shard, actually have been playing other stuff. Stone Shard came uh, on uh, early access um, on Steam, and it's kind of so it's like a mix of like uh, turn-based roguelike, like Dungeons of Dreadmore, plus overworld open uh, open world rpg esque stuff so it has that little like you know where you're kind of like hopping between steps and then when you fight people like you kind of move into them uh, almost, but almost also, crypt of the necrodancer except without the music, yeah. the rhythm based portion of it too yeah um but you have like a bunch of uh rpg like skills and abilities with cooldowns you can build your character anyway uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, well, what's cool is that there doesn't, there is no one of the things that they said is that there is no level restrictions on anything. Weapons, mm. armor, skills. You find it, you can use it. Yeah, it. the skills you you have to read books to uh, unlock like a family of skills, but like you can you can get as powerful as you can, you know, provided you level up and have the skill skill points. So that's kind of cool, um, but it is also very roguelike in that you can die and that's it, you're dead. Um, there's a permadeath version, but there's also a non-permadeath version. But the non-permadeath version is also pretty pretty rough because you can only really save when you sleep, and you can only really sleep in the tavern. And I heard you can sleep at camps outside of the tavern, but you have to find them. But I haven't found a, a camp. So you sleep in the caver- tavern, and then you go out to the dungeon, and you go three levels deep, and then the boss shows up, and then two shots you, and then Dan, Start go- again. Dan goes and plays <laughs> Ice Warrior. Because <laughs> this is a thing that happened. Uh, no, I get it. I get, yeah. This is my third dungeon, and I was getting leveled up, and I was like, cool, I'm the dwarf Start now. Because I was, I was like the scout ranger guy with a bow and arrow, and like I kept missing, so I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. <clears throat> so I'm just gonna be like a sword and shield guy, and uh, um, and I was doing really good until like that guy just came and killed me. Also, what's cool is that so it's got a little bit of uh, um, Neo Scavenger in it, where like wounds can become worse if not treated or not treated properly, Ooh. and it becomes really jacked up. So um, I had a run where I was as the ranger. I went to a, a altar and I was just like, "Oh, I can interact with this," and it was like, "Perform dark ritual or destroy altar." And I was like, "I guess I'm forming a dark ritual." <laughs> it's in my choice, yeah, but I is. don't have too many choices. And it basically made me like impervious to pain, not to damage. No. So it just made my guy crazy. So my guy was actually going crazy. Because he couldn't feel anything. And a way that you avoid pain and crazy is by drinking. Mm. But that also makes you drunk. Mm-hmm. And what, what drunk means in this game is that there is a chance every time you're like, hey, I want to move left one spot. There's a chance every time you move a spot, it goes, hey, we're moving a different spot. It's not every single time it happens. It's like a, it's like I think like a, like a 20 or 40% chance. But when you move a lot of spots... Your guy's just stumbling around. <laughs> yeah, and then wounds can get infected and all that kind of stuff. It's not too hard to treat them, like because you can buy stuff and like you know, like, you know, as long as you're killing stuff or killing animals in the wild and selling their furs, you get money and then you can buy buy stuff. I mean, I think the the thing that they're trying to do is well, what the thing that they're trying to do is kind of like what um, I like with Zomboid is that by focusing on like more simpler graphics and gameplay, like they're not doing like this, you know full animated kind of thing and it's not animated really it's they're just hopping around 
<clears throat> they can focus on a lot of the other stuff that, like, the simulation stuff that you can't do, like reputation and, and like, how people react to you and things like that. So, But it's still an early act, so a lot of those systems haven't been completely fleshed out. So that game's kind of cool. It just pissed me off, that one. Like, he literally came around the corner, and I was like, oh, shit, is that the... Bo- oh, okay, um... Well, he, I was at 100 hit points, and I was at full, and now I'm at 35 after one round, so I can't get away, so I guess I'm going to hit you, and then he returned, he retaliated, and um, and then I died. And I was like, well, that's that. You're like, I was at full, and now I'm playing a different game. Which is Monster Hunter World Iceborne, which the changes they've made to that game make that game exceptional. Like, it's it was good. It was really good before, but... Man, that 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 uh, that expansion is very very good, very entertaining. <coughs> mechanical yeah. ch- mechanical changes that make it super great. Took me a month to, again to figure out how to play my the the weapon I'm using. Yeah, John was John was watching a video and he was like, "Oh, how does that guy do that? Is that a different move?" And it's like, "Oh, John, you weren't you should have watched the video of your new moves because everybody got new moves." And John's like, "I thought I already did." I caught. I thought I did, and I didn't. So it was like a month, and he didn't know that he had this other cool move. This that other that mode everybody else uses. The other mode to his weapon, to my weapon, because I, of course, picked the most complicated weapon in that game, which is the charge blade, which I mean, has it is, but... it, yeah, <laughs> like other weapons have other complexities. Like when you're playing a uh, like one of those one of the guns or the bow guns or no you have the most complexity because you have the most like combos that like lead into yeah mechanic. yeah so i have to hit a monster a certain amount of times to charge up these little files then i have to bank those charges then i can use those charges to power up both the shield and the sword that i'm that are separate so that i can also put them together again and have them do more damage but now They've added yet another mode that when it's in that axe mode, after you, you don't have to charge up the sword and the shield, you can just charge up the, the thing, the files that you have. The thing and, and the thing. And then you can activate what they call savage axe mode, which what that does is that instead of your axe just being a standard axe blade that you just, a big axe that you hit things with, the, the head of the axe spins whenever you swing it. So it basically becomes like a chainsaw when you're hitting into enemies. So your character is some anime. Oh my! My character. Every character in that game is anime. I mean, the the heavy bow gun ha- basically has a mode called machine gun mode, where I see either Dan or Bryce or Rick off to the side of a monster, and they're just going literally like what a machine gun would sound like laying into a monster and meanwhile david is off to the side playing his hunting horn that sounds like either a guitar a banjo um what other kind of what would you other classify his musical horror music yeah horror music um but it's all the same weapon it's called the hunting horn but the tip each horn has different types of music that it plays and they give you different effects. Although now David has just has basically boiled himself down to I'm doing the damage meta. Whereas before he would be like, Oh no, guys, I'll help prevent this and this and this, and we'll be all good. Now he's just like, No, you guys got to take care of that shit yourselves. Which you know, fair enough. <laughs> you're gonna do what you're gonna do. Yeah. And also to be fair, we've all discovered thanks to Rick the 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 broken meta in the game right now which is an armor set that you can, if you spec it right, basically means you can't really die if you're even 
moderately competent when you're playing because the the regeneration that it has with your health is so fast so fast that like monsters hit you and your defense is so high you you take very little damage but then you just regenerate it back and then the da- there's also a unless it's abnormal yeah if you're poisoned you'll still die you'll still die but like normal damage can't really kill you and what's the what's the percentage on that divine blessing when you get it that high isn't it like a 60% 60% reduction and then also the percentage chance for it to actually activate is like super high too it's just you watch a YouTube video and these people go, "Here is the greatest build of all time. Look at it. It's great. I'm standing here in front of the Savage Devil Joe, and he is not doing anything to me." And you look at that and you go, "I want to do that." And then they go, "Here's what you need to get." And then you look on your character, you look in the 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 shop with the smithy, and you're like, "How do I build that? I can't build that yet because I'm not high enough master rank to get the monsters I need to kill that." And then you sigh. All right. And then you want to augment your weapons. After you get the best weapons. And then the, the augments you want to get, you see a bunch of question marks and you're like, wait a minute, I thought I was at the end game. But you're not at the end game. Oh, you're not even close. No. Because you have to get to Master Rank 99 before you truly unlock the end game. And I'm at Master Rank 85, 86. I got to 125 and oh, is that the next new armor. New. Yep. God damn it. They haven't even released the, bo- the raid boss yet. I know that. Uh, yeah, there's Savage a... Savajiva. Savajiva, yeah. That's I, that's the meta meta, right? Like, everybody talks about that uh, in the, the console version, which, in news, they're finally syncing up both of those. The console and the PC versions will be in sync in April. Yeah, thankfully. Thankfully. Um, although I'm bummed, because they ended the the uh, the celebration thing where all the event quests were available. So now, like, I went in there one day, I was like, oh man, I wanted to get the Mega Buster for my, for my Palico. I don't have a Mega Man ticket. I'll go do the... Oh, quest's gone. It'll come back. It'll come back. But All yes. those stuff always come back. <coughs> but we did or they'll the... make it paid DLC. No, they're, they're, <clears throat> that's the thing I will say about this. Like, you can buy a bunch of, like, what can you buy in that? Emotes or costume stuff? Yeah, emotes mostly, but the stuff that, like, you want. Like, Just part game. of the, yeah, the events that they do. So it's more of the responsible microtransactions. Yes, yeah. yeah. Dan is a uh, Dan. You have did you get both of the Resident Evil armor sets, or did you only get the one? Yep. So you can dress up as either Leon Kennedy or Claire Redfield in that game. One of our greatest presidents, yeah. Leon Kennedy. Yeah. Leon S. Kennedy, excuse me, I believe is the is the name's Leon. Leon Kennedy. He was a good president. Got us to the moon. Mm-hmm. That was John Kennedy, Kevin. No, his friends called him John. His real name's Leon. His friends. That's not true. Called him Jack. It was Jack Kennedy. Don't you tell me my history. I know my history. His friends called him Samurai Jack. Okay. Aku is going to come back, is going to send him back in time. And he, then... he shot him yeah. in Texas. Okay. It's happened. Yeah. I know all about it. Shot a man in Texas toy. I'm oh. a history man. We'll give you, Kevin, we, we, we have started watching a new anime that we had not watched before. Ace of Diamond. Ooh, a sports anime. It's a baseball anime. I could tell a sport one by the name so easily. It's pretty good. It's 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 the sports anime that you know and love. Only this time, baseball. I start watching Made in Abyss. That's one of those animes that starts off looking all cute, and we are like four episodes in, but we do know by the end, like it's a lot like if you've ever heard of uh, Madoka Magica. It's all about this girl who just wants to be a magic girl. And so she learns she can make a wish. And for that wish, like when she makes it, it'll come true. 
and then she'll become a magic girl who has to turn into a magic girl from time to time to kill witches. And it's, like, just so fun and so, like, bubblegum. Like, it's really just sweet and saccharine. It gets fucked. I want to be a magic Like... You want to be a magic girl, then? She spent so long trying to determine what wish to make, and, oh, it gets fucked up. It it gets dark. People die. And Made in Abyss, it's all about these kids live in an orphanage where they're red whistles. And that means they have a red whistle, and they go down into, there's a big, giant crater in the middle of their city. Their city is, like, donut-shaped on an island. And so they're out in the middle of the sea, and in this crater in the middle, the hole in the donut, <coughs> you dive in, and there's the abyss. And the red whistles can only go so deep, and they'll find, like, different items from a lost, unknown civilization that they'll bring back up, pretty much earning their keep. Over time, like, you become better and better, and you go deeper into the abyss. They find one day in the first episode this kid who's essentially Astro Boy, It's a little boy who is a robot who can shoot out, like, laser beams, and he has a hand that he could shoot his hand on a grappling hook type of thing. And so they go into the abyss, and all I know is it it gets fucked up. But they run off into the abyss. We're good at finding those animes that are real cute, and then, like, they destroy you. Like, Grave of Fireflies, where it starts versus where it ends. Although that didn't start too happy, but at least no. they were together. But the best one is... That movie's it, a bummer. If you ever watched the series Clannad, Clannad is it's all based off of a romance visual novel game, which is on Steam all the time. I keep being tempted by it. So in Clannad, everything starts off really nice, and like eventually like the main character marries his love choice. And then it becomes the second series. And so he married the girl who was kind of sickly, missed a year of school because she was out sick and has dreams of starting like a drama club. And, you know, she's kind of a dreamer, but not the smartest girl, but she's really honest and pure. They end up married. Spoilers for (coughs) Clannad, because I don't see you two ever watching this visual novel (coughs) anime from like 15 years ago. Spoilers for Clannad. The second series, which takes place after they graduate high school, they get married, and then they eventually have a daughter, a little baby daughter. He's struggling to get by. She's too sickly to get a job, mm-hmm. but he gets different jobs as like a menial laborer. He works for like the electric company as a apprentice linesman, and one day they have a, a little baby daughter, and then his wife dies, and so he goes into a horrible depression he starts drinking too much his daughter gets raised by his uh mother-in-law and father-in-law and eventually like he starts cleaning up his act he gets the girl back in his life he's like you know at this point a single father to this little six-year-old girl who's just precarious (coughs) and precocious and so sweet and she starts getting sickly and then she dies end of the second series end of the series in total Sweet. Like, by the end, like, we were binge-watching, like, three or four episodes per day. By the time you get to when the wife dies, we were at, like, two episodes a day. And then when he's drinking, and he finally starts recovering, and you start seeing, like, his daughter's getting a little sick, just like her mother always was, is, like, one episode per week. 
Because we're like, this, you guys too much. this is killing us. This yeah. is fucking heavy. I remember Lou also watched Clannad, and like he was putting things up on Facebook. Like I, I don't know what I'm seeing. This is this is painful. Because like, man, it's heavy. What's well, not heavy? I played a lot of games. Oh, all right. Heavy quick, games. You gotta give us the. You gotta give us the. I the will give notes. some quick rundowns. Here we go. I played through a game called Red Dead Redemption Two. You guys should check it out. I think. <coughs> Red Dead Redemption 2, I'll have you know. So, unlike the fanboy here at the... T- I'm just kidding, Dan. I'm sorry. So wow. it, was too, it was mean. I, I didn't apologize. do anything. I finished my story. You so, my story. What happened at the end of your story, Dan? Yeah, we just all lived happily ever after. Oh, okay, that's good to So, know. I got to this... Shit's not real, Dan. <laughs> I got to the sad part where, like... Are we... I know, I know. So are we good in spoilers? Arthur... Are we, are we okay in spoil? Okay. So, Arthur dies... I didn't feel like watching the end credits, so I turned it off right then. So, man, I can't believe Arthur dies. That's it. Like, fuck. Hey, you know what? The, that I it, I thought that was interesting. The the post credit stuff. Yeah, there's like the John Marston stuff yeah, was yeah. really cool. Fucking chapter two, like two Dude. chapters worth of stuff. I was like, wow. I loved when he when they were building the house was, and it's playing like the Razor Barn yeah, music, it's playing like this happy music, and you're like, all right. Him and Uncle being a lazy son of a bitch and Charo's being awesome. I think the end end though, like the actual last thing that happened, like on the mountain, was very, it was interesting and cool, but like, it's also hard because that game is, because it's a prequel, mm-hmm. you you just, there's no, it, it lacks the tension that you would have with a game that was not set as a prequel. You right? know what the end state has to, you know the quota it must meet. There are surprises it could have along the way. Yeah. Like Sadie Adler, who is one of the coolest characters from any game ever. Sadie's I, a great character. I love her. Like, when she goes from that sad widow to that first time where she's like, Hey, Arthur, why don't you let me ride with you? Yeah. And you go down with her and she starts fucking shit up. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? I like Sadie. Yeah. And then, like... Anytime shit got real, she's the one who'd be like, Arthur, let's ride. Like that point where, you know, you get back to your camp at the end of Arthur's story and you learn that, um, Abigail was kid, was taken in by the law. And you're like, I'm not going to let this boy be an orphan. And everyone the gang's like, uh, uh," and Sadie just goes, Arthur, let's ride. And it's like, fuck yeah. That game's really fucking good. Yeah, it's very what good. Was, so I was trying to remember way back other, a different podcast. What was it Dan Riker ended up hating about it? Uh, he hates how uh, it controls. Oh. He couldn't get past uh, the control stuff. Which, which I think is a little, I mean, uh, yeah, it is It is futsy. But I don't think it's like as. I've, I've seen worse fucking, controls. Yeah. I've seen a lot worse I mean, of controls. I learned to play it. Like, I played through the whole game. Like, I didn't, it, it didn't break me the way some <coughs> people, so. I mean, are are there improvements I would have liked, like of the way to, for it to control? Sure, but it was. I mean, it's that was I've, what they decided on. I've so. played a lot worse controlling games. Yeah, we all, I mean, I'm sure, in we some have. ways, like I don't know. I mean, do you want every game to control the same? No. Like yeah. sometimes a game, like I don't know, it's kind of a it's a judgment call of like yeah. what is acceptable because like it's the same thing with like like Jeff Gersman will just not play those Rockstar games because. Like, even if it had good controls, like, as soon as he starts it, he's like, I hate this. 
Like, yeah, I get it. It's just what you I mean, you know, Monster Hunter World's got finicky controls, and we're talking about games with some finicky... Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, you wanna have here's a, my you character. Want a game, you want a game with fucking... <laughs> Jank. Like, fire, like uh, the limit of menu, menus that I can tolerate. Uh-huh. Oh, man. And, and, or how about, and I'm facing of, this monster, but my animation <coughs> is going to take me ten degrees to the right, so I'm actually not going to hit the monster. Fuck you. That's like David was saying about, like, like Brandon was trying to play that game, and he was just like, he couldn't get past the whole, like, you have to watch the cutscenes before you can do multiplayer stuff. And I was like, I get it. Yeah. I totally get it. That's totally a valid viewpoint. Uh-huh. It's You have to meet Monster Hunter uh-huh. on its own terms. Red Dead Redemption 2 on its own yeah. terms. If yeah. you can't meet it there, then you're just not going to have a good time. <clears throat> if you're going to be like, man, this sucks. Like, I wish it controlled differently how than, than, what I, than, than what I'm used to. Like, you're never going to like it. Like, it's just, yeah, you just have to, like, either refund your money or just, I don't know, no. make, make peace with, like, not playing that game because, yeah, you have to meet it on its own terms. Criticisms of that game <clears throat> for me was it felt it like it went on too long. Like I said, there was a whole chapter there that they probably could have cut. Yeah, I kept feeling like... The Cuba. The Cuba, well, so that definitely, but then there was also, it felt like they did a rehash of things a few, like, one too many times. Like, we got our place, we got, we started, a, we got a scheme, we're rolling the scheme, ah, shit, the scheme fucked up, we gotta move. Oh yeah, we do it again. Like, the third time they, they made you, the, the you know, like, if they had done it twice... It would have been fine, but they made you do it once in the first town, once in the second town, and then you had the third town where you started to do it again, but then everything went to shit. So, like, if they had done it, you know, done the, the one less, I think it would have been a tighter story for me. Because at that point, like, I think we've discussed in the past, Dan, and on this podcast even, maybe, I can't remember exactly, but we knew the characters at that point, and it was, it felt like they were still just, like, hammering the same... They were still fleshing out, but we already had them fleshed out. Yeah. Like... I get it. I know who is trustworthy. Mm-hmm. I know who isn't. I know who is going to pretty much be a wild card. Mm-hmm. I know who is very predictable. You killed off some characters who I know quite well what they were up to, yeah. so you don't need to keep telling me that Micah is a piece of shit. I knew Micah is a piece of shit pretty much from shortly after you introduced to him in Strawberry. Yeah. When you break him out of jail, it became obvious he's a piece of shit. But as Dan will say, have faith. Have faith, Arthur. How it played pretty well on the PC, or did you mm. have problems? Okay, so there are some. So control wise, mostly good. Okay, big thing on PC. That game you would be playing, and you could play for five hours. And just have it play fine as can be. Or you could play for 30 minutes and enter what I call the PlayStation 1 zone. Actually, the PlayStation 1 quarter zone. When the world goes from billions of polygons to three. Like, there were points where the game would all of a sudden, you're riding along, and all of a sudden you hit one point where you go, I thought there's a stream here. And the water is not there. And you ride a little further and you're like, the world is one big flat polygon. This looks like Bubby, Bubsy 3D. But... Bubby? This looks like Bubby oh, 3D. Bubba 3D. This looks like Hubba Bubba 3D. Ooh, I like that gum. Except the characters still look mostly good. But the world itself looks like <laughs> complete shit. At which point, 
I would usually go, I'm going to try and save. I'm saving on a different save slot because I don't want to have yeah, a corrupt save. Sure. But I'm going to save because I've done some shit. I don't know the last time it auto-saved. The last time I manual saved was a while ago. And you hit start to go in the save menu. The world's frozen. You hear the sound of it. Nothing happened. The world's frozen now. You start mashing the the B button to exit out. You shouldn't do that. That's a bad idea, Kevin. You're just going to make it worse. And, yeah, essentially it just has a slow, slow death of Uh doom. You go back. You hope it manual or autosave somewhere good. So the worst one, remember you had the train robbery, and then you get back to your camp, and you find out that Abigail was taken by the law, so you ride off on the the mission titled Red Dead Redemption, the final ride. I had it crash right after getting Abigail back, and I split off from the women, rode to camp, I go up to Micah, I was like, fuck, Micah's in the PS1 half zone. There is one polygon here for us all to share. Luckily, it auto-saved in between the train mission and the saving Abigail mission. So I only had to repeat, like, 30 minutes. But that was <laughs> annoying, and that could happen at any time. Did you do a lot of non-mainline uh, stuff? So I would... Did you hunt for mythical animals? I did not do any of the mythical hunting. I tried. I, I enjoyed... I enjoyed hunting without... You did not get to say that to me when you saw what I went through, Dan. Yeah, I went through the same thing, and I still caught, like, three guys. I enjoyed trying I to persevered, hunt. John. Have faith. I can't for a week. Have faith. Then I you went, were in the wrong spot. I was in the spot on the map where it said to go. You were in the wrong spot. And it kept telling me it was too loud. I had to come back You know, later. John, what the definition of insanity is? Not, not having faith. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say not having faith. Overall, good game. Yeah, I am very happy I played it. Can I wish it didn't. It was like your like favorite Rockstar game of recent or something. Hmm? Weren't you saying that it's like your your favorite Rockstar game? Yeah, yeah. favorite ever. Probably because <laughs> I mean Rockstar always makes games that are good, cool. but I don't know how many of them I could say. Like, they're impressive, like but... Like, resonated? Well, just excellent in general, like, the whole way through. Because, for example, if you mainline Red Dead Redemption 2, some parts kind of drag a little bit, but you don't feel like the game was wasting your time. Meanwhile, like, GTA Five, a lot of the Trevor shit really felt like it just wasting my time. Yeah, that's like a different kind of... Yeah. And GTA Four. It was mostly good, but all of the stuff like Roman constantly bugging you to go to the strip club, to go bowling, to go whatever, and some of the missions in the middle, like, I can't even remember the middle of that game. That's, no, that's fine. And then, like, uh, GTA San Andreas, the whole, like... Yeah, the gang warfare stuff. The gang warfare when you were in the desert with the flight school and all of that shit. What was the point of going to Area 51? Because it's Rockstar, they just want to do it. That's fine. You, you, Red Dead Redemption 2, Kevin's favorite yeah. Rockstar game. I will sit over here fondly remembering the Warriors forever. That's my favorite. Rockstar. You're that one person. I, that game was fucking <laughs> awesome, man. I, it's, you know, like, they All made right. a game based on a movie from the late 70s, early 80s. 
about gangs in New York and made that. Oh, they that made a, work. a game on gangs of yeah. New York. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Yep. It's it's <clears throat> it's about as boring as the movie. I tried watching Gangs of New York and I, I kind of zoned out. You just need to watch the first fifteen minutes, and that's all you need. Mm-hmm. That's the best part of that movie. Yeah, I, the fifteen, yeah. the beginning was good, and then like I started going I'm bored. I mean, honestly, <clears throat> up in the procession, up until them kicking open the door to go outside, then you can stop the movie because <clears throat> that's the best part of that fucking movie. So you're saying their symbolism of when they kick the door, go outside? They're it saying you should go outside and do something better. Yeah. No, but then you got to sit there another two hours of fucking patriotism and Daniel Day-Lewis talking about how these foreigners are trying to take over our country. It could be cool, but, like, that's... Actually, that's not the bad part. The bad part is the whole, like, fucking um, Cameron Diaz no, that's, stuff. That's so bad. It's all That terrible. stuff is bad. Yeah. Legitimately bad. Yeah, and then this is before, like, uh, people knew what to do with Leonardo DiCaprio. What I liked is, during ESA, Big John was speedrunning Blaster Master 2 on the Genesis... At one point, he asked somebody on a couch, "Hey, look up on eBay. How much can how much can you get this game for?" And they're like, uh, "It looks like somebody has a cartridge for sixty three cents." Oh, okay. So at the very end, when he beats it, he goes, "You know, if you're interested in this game, you could pick it up for sixty three cents. No. And if you want to speed run this, you could spend that sixty three cents somewhere better." <laughs> it's like, "Yep, yep." Black so yeah. another game I played. Sure. I played the only video game I know of that's narrated by Queen Latifah. Sinar Wild Hearts. That's a really good game. It's very good. It is a very good, like, that is a package. Mm-hmm. And it's stylish. Yeah, like, so stylish much as style. Fuck. Yep. Like, it looks good. That music's good. Like, the story that it has is mm-hmm. really interesting. Yep. It is... It hit me hard when I played that. And yeah. I still think about it. I felt so good mm-hmm. after playing it. Like... It felt like tear you down and build you yeah. back up. Yep, it was very... And Queen Latifah doing, like, hey, holy shit. One of the better stingers at the end of a game that I've ever seen. Like, you know, thanks to Queen Latifah. Wait, what? Yeah, it's like, wait, I know one of these names on the credits. And then and then you then you hear you hear her voice in your head and you're like, oh, oh shit, yeah, that's Queen Latifah. Yeah, because you feel dumb at that point. You're like, how did I not recognize that voice? Because your brain goes, there's no way that's... So another game I played, Lena's Inception. So this is a game, I don't know if it's out of early access or not, but it's a complete package. It's on Steam. It's essentially a Zelda randomizer roguelike type of thing. So it's a Zelda-style game, except it's every time you could put in a seed number or have it just make a random seed. The game though itself is kind of interesting the story is essentially you you're a teacher in a school and all of a sudden that everything in the school starts getting glitched to all hell you go outside the world's getting glitched up you end up going to a cave where written in blood there's a like a dead body on the ground and written in blood it says it's dangerous to go out and then trails off there and it's a cave with like there should be a sword in there, and instead there's a dead old guy. So it's, what happens if Link essentially died? And you end up finding Link along the way, or I think his name's like Lucas or something like that. It's similar to Link. You take him into the training dungeon, where being a teacher, 
you're convinced this little kid who has a sword needs to be trained properly, and he ends up dying a horrible accident, so you get a sword, and you become the one who's going to save the world because you want to find out why your school was glitched so you could save all the kids. The game goes interesting places, including you you have multiple endings in a procedurally generated Zelda-like game where you could choose not to kill any of the bosses. You could choose to kill all the bosses. You could choose to save some of them. You don't need to finish every dungeon. It's really open to how you want to play. And then also some of the items are interesting, like one of the items you get are glitch glasses. And using glitch glasses, you essentially can break the game. So you put them on, and things start glitching in the world around you, including, like the original Zelda, it's all one screen, and you walk off the screen, and new screen loads. If you're wearing the glitch glasses, if you walk off the screen, instead of loading the next one, you warp around to the same location on the other edge. And doing that, you could go into areas you shouldn't be able to, sometimes solving puzzles and sometimes actually breaking the game on your seed. It's a really it's a really interesting Zelda style thing. It is well worth the money. Like mm-hmm. I wanna say it's only seven bucks when I bought it. It's a pretty cheap game. It might be fifteen regular, I'm not even sure. But I spent about eight hours going through my seed and I could play through again, go for a whole different ending, because it's very clear that there are different ways to beat the game. Mm-hmm. So, really just interesting game overall. Cool. Um, also, go through your seat. I was watching a lot of speedrunning stuff, which included watching somebody play through Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, and I finished up Vinnyvania, because I didn't see the Vinnystania ending and watching him run around with that super speed, oh. I did not get that when I played I got through. The speed, I didn't upgrade it the way they did. Though. I didn't even know about the speed because I just saw a race with this one guy. I was like, I just don't even want to do this race. I'm close enough to the end of the game at this point. I just want to fucking end this. So I decided I wanted to get that. And I never used the chisel weapon that he kept using. Well, yeah, Instead, I was always the bow, the the multi-arrow. Mm, I was a heretical grinder guy. Oh, man. When I saw what they did by boosting the intelligence, boosting the the throw speed yep. of your thrown weapon, and... Oh, the chisel thing, yeah. That and boosting the chisel, like, getting all of that maxed out. Mm. That was fun going back through that yeah. game again. Just breaking it. Also, that got me in the mood to play other Metroidvania games. And I saw a speedrun. Somebody did Aria of Sorrow. They did a randomizer on it. A randomizer race, because every game now has a randomizer. And I was like, Aria of Sorrow, I remember playing through most of that. Ooh, I kind of want to play Harmony of Dissonance. The one that came out after Symphony of the Night. GBA. Is GBA. No, no, not Circle of the Moon. Oh, Harmony just yeah, the, the, that was... Circle of the Moon, like, my memories of that was just as the darkest fucking game on a system without backlight. So, I tried playing Harmony of Dissonance, and I realized, I don't want to play as a guy with a whip. Like, it's a Metroidvania, but you're stuck with the whip. So then I loaded up Aria of Sorrow. It's the one where you uh, gather monster souls, so it's essentially like Bloodstained in that regard. That's the one with Soma. Soma, to, yeah. who's actually Dracula. 
Spoilers. Oh, if you read Soma's name backwards and kind of get distracted and look somewhere else, D R A C L. The only A, only the A is in there. That name spelled completely wrong is Dracula. So, so Arya Sorrow was good. Soma, that was a fun game because of the combinations you could make with the the souls and stuff like that. Yeah, I had a lot of fun playing through that. You I can tell it. where Bloodstain got its like inspiration from. Like, oh yeah, yeah, the soul mm-hmm. stuff. And it's multiple souls. You have like the permanent abilities. Mm-hmm. You have the uh, permanent one equip. You have the uh, transversal one. And then your shooting one. Yep. And it's a great game. Yeah. A lot of fun. Especially on an emulator where you could, if you do get beaten up a bit, you could just put on like the um, giant worm soul, which mm-hmm. is healing. Mm-hmm. And just fast forward the system and go. All right, I'm full health. Yeah, yeah, I'm going cheat doing that. Game was good. The, the, all the GBA Castlevanias were good, and the DS ones were good. So I didn't really hate any of them. The even, only thing I even hated the drawing one on the DS was that's the game itself, up, except for that choice, was, was good. really good. It was very good. So. Yeah, that's what angered me so much is on. Dawn of Sorrow, I think it was. It was Dawn of Sorrow. Having to draw those symbols perfectly or the boss kept coming back. And it's like, the touchscreen was not perfect for those inputs. And then the worst one was the final boss was so complex. And it's like, this touchscreen is not made for this. Maybe if you have the stylus, but... You you don't have the stylus out, and then be in your mouth, Kevin, while you're playing, so you can draw the symbol. With yeah, because you, if you don't start drawing within one one thousand, yeah, it's like at that point yeah. you lose. Okay. He comes back with half health. I remember that one night we we're going right. to play D and D, yeah. and I I beat that boss like twenty five yeah. times and was screaming yeah. at the end. You were swearing at your DS the whole night, and then I was like, "Fuck this! I'm done. I beat the game." Yeah, you did. It's kind of like. When they did the Symphony of the Night uh, randomizer with crowd control, when they beat the first form of Richter, they're like, and time. Yeah. And then they died on the second form, but they're like, no, no, we said time. We beat it. Yeah, we win. I also started playing Xenogears again sure. on emulator because uh-huh. I wanted to see ripping the disc because I've got the disc, yeah. of course. I love that game. So you ripped it onto your PC, and what uh, what emulator are you So using? RetroArch, mm-hmm. and I... Fr- one of the PS emulators through RetroArch. Yeah. Okay. Here is the one issue I have. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you might have advice. I could save state, mm-hmm. which is great, because that's how I want to do it. But I like having a memory card save, because it's a game with multiple discs, and sometimes it's easier to swap discs if you... St- like, depending on the emulator, sometimes they could get janky on yeah. swapping discs. So it might be easier to just save your game on the memory card because it's one of those where end of disc one, it says save your game. Then it says eject disc one, put disc two in. And you could also just turn off the system, put in disc two, start the game, and load from the memory card. It will not save on a memory card on this game. Hmm. It's the only PlayStation 1 game I've tried, but I'm not sure if it's because it's a two-block save or what's going on. Hmm. Because when I go to a save spot, it shows a memory card in slot 1. I even turned on the toggle to put one in slot 2. They're open with 15 blocks. If I click save, it will say, no save is here, do you want to continue? Yes. And does the animation of the save, you know, the status bar for it, Mm -hmm. 
And then no air codes or anything. But if I go back to the save game or if I try and load a game, it's going to show no saves. Mm, that's I don't know. I've never fussed around with uh, virtual memory cards on the PlayStation stuff. I've stuck with mainly... See, I'm only concerned because of yeah, it being a two-disc thing. Um, yeah, I mean, the good thing about this, about this, that old console and this type of emulator is there's plenty of, like, online places to look. I tried looking. Oh, really? This you? is... The, I oh. could find so many things about issues with Xenogears. Hmm. I could find so many, and a lot of them have been solved. Like, yeah, yeah. I was finding a lot of, like, Reddit forums from, like, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I could find things about saves on other games, hmm. or I could find things about issues with saves on Xenogears in the real console. I could not find anything hmm. that matches RetroArch, saves, hmm. and Xenogears. That just, I mean, you just gave me, like, the impetus to actually grab my, because I do have a copy of that on disc, as well as, I think, I think the only two PlayStation games I still own are that and the black box version of Symphony of the Night, so... I'm I'm also wanting to put Symphony the, of the Night onto my computer because uh, I've seen the rip functionality. Does, how did it work? Did it work pretty pretty oh, straightforward? Spot on, Great. perfect. Okay, cool. The only thing it does is it's going to save it with a image name that uh-huh. is just garbage. Yeah, just go find the image name. So name don't it. rip a ton of discs at once, yeah. or you're going to regret it. Got it. Um, but it ripped really nice. Cool. RetroArch does a great job cool. with that. And then it saves it in a nice default location. Mm-hmm. It's RetroArch Downloads. Yeah. It's where it puts it. Cool. And so it's easy to find. Just rename them. Loads up real smooth. I wonder if I should grab some of my... God, I've got a bunch of like Wii U and PS2 stuff. As I well. want to try PS2 because yeah. I've been wanting to play... So PS2, the problem is you can't... If you have the right age of PS3, uh, you did, could play some. Because I, I didn't get the launch PS3. I got the like later version where they had taken out the backwards compatibility at that point. Yeah, so. and so the only way to play PS2 games is hooking up a PS2, which with modern TVs is kind of a... It's more difficult than it used to be. It's arduous. Yes. So I want to pull out my Shadow Hearts games, because Shadow Hearts was a really good RPG that only really existed in the PS2 era. Then they It did have Keldelka on PS1, but that was a different style of game. I want to play Shadow Hearts again. The game that took place between World War One and World War Two across Asia and Europe, with characters like Rasputin as a boss, is a real... And one of the characters... The um, papillon, which translates from French to butterfly, a big-ass blonde vampire who's a professional wrestler. He joins your party. What was the... Oh, papillon. What was the red... Is it Chris, red green? What was the name of that game you had on your PS2, Dan? That was the, the mech game? Was it, oh, Red Ring. Is it Red Ring? Was it just called Red Ring? Okay. I think so. Yeah. I thought that was a problem. Yeah, on Ring of Red. Ring of Red. Red. There you go. You're right. Yep. Ring of Red. Oh, I really still had that. Yeah, yeah, I think it's somewhere in. <laughs> Should give that a shot. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's such a good concept. It's just man, it's a lot of a lot of stuff to that game. <laughs> I also on the note of emulator. So I've been wanting to. I have not streamed anything this year. Period. I like to stream like once a week, just sure. like saying do. Yeah. 
I'm probably not going to stream next week because it's frame fatales, and sure, yeah. I don't like to stream when there's a speed, when there's a thing, yeah. like marathon that I support yeah. and I like watching. Mm-hmm. It's like just in case there's one person who watches me, it's like I'm potentially taking them away from this. Yeah. But I've been wanting to play Crusader of Senti again, which was Sega Genesis game from Team Sonic Zelda style. It's an amazing game that I was reminded of it because somebody streamed it on Twitter. They uh, had a tweet about, I can't believe this game. I can't believe I didn't know about it. Um, this is like the coolest Zelda game I've never played. And I learned about because I follow Liz Star, who's one of the Frame Fatales, yeah. one of the AGDQ. She, was on the, she, was on AGDQ, or the AGDQ she does the Mega Man DOS games. Yes. She and did, she's, She did Mega Man 3 DOS this last yep. run. And she's all okay. about Genesis games. Yeah. Like, she pretty well, much is yeah, known yeah, as yeah. the Genesis Goblin. Yeah, yeah. And so somebody tagged her saying, hey, do you know about this game? And she's like, yeah, this game is the shit. I kind of want to play it again. So... I was making sure I could get that working. Yeah. Then I saw something really cool on Steam. Have you looked at the Genesis and Master System classics on Steam? I have. A what bunch of the them. work the Steam Workshop is for them? Mm. People will say so. Crusader of Senti is a Steam Workshop mod for free because <coughs> it's Steam Workshop for Revenge of Shinobi. And you download the mod, you go into the the game, and you load the mods, and it will just load flat out Crusader of Senti in the Steam game, which is really cool. And what's really good about these is, I want to say the the Steam ones have fast-forward and rewind functionality. So, like, you know, having an emulator where you have save states and a fast-forward is cool, but sometimes just having a rewind... Because, like, your controller, like, I had one time I was kind of messing around on my controller and then picked it up and didn't realize I jinked up the back paddles on the pro controller and just killed my guy running off, like, jumping into death because I hit a back paddle. And say what you will, but the the, the Nintendo, you know... Oh, Switch. on the Switch. Yeah, Those are they, fucking they great. They the rewind functionality, too, which is also great. So. Yeah, rewind is so good. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. Did I mention before that I got the pro con- the um, Xbox Elite Two? Nice. I have one. I have I have one that I own. The other I have from work. Yes, that is a great controller. Because my Elite One started to drift. Ah, okay. And once it did that, is like you know what? I really like the controller. Why not go for the two? It, <laughs> I, it is not. It is not for everybody because of how much it costs. But yeah. if you want. A one-stop controller, like for your console, your you know your PC and console. If you have an Xbox, um, you can't go wrong with that thing. Like it, the 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 V2, it's solid as fuck. The V2, they made really good improvements to it, adding the you know the rechargeable battery and USB C, USB C, and like you know they added that wireless the, station for recharging right is right behind you. <laughs> yep, uh, and. Um, the, the ability to adjust the tension on the sticks now, which is kind of, which is a cool addition. Um, yeah, it's, you know, like... And that slight different on, on the texture of the yep. the handles just feels a little bit smoother. It, it's a, it's a very solid, a solid controller. But it's very expensive, so... Luckily, when I bought it, they just happened to have the listing on Amazon was 150 mm-hmm. and it had a coupon for $15 off, which means free tax That's in good. Washington State, essentially. Is definitely a good good thing. Yeah, that 
It's really good. Great stuff. That's what I've been playing. Cool, cool. Um, I did play one other game recently. I'm still playing a lot of Dead Cells. Um, Man, like, playing that after launch and seeing how much they've added to that game is still staggering to me. Like, I remember playing it and being, thinking it was fairly daunting, the number of weapons that they had and abilities and things like that, but, like, the num- the sheer number of things now that you can unlock in that game, when I look at my list, when I go to the vendor in, in between levels and say, I have this many cells to spend... You don't get the same game twice, for well, sure. Well, no, so, so the thing is, is that all of those are unlocks that'll show up in your game randomly, but, like, the number of categories now, and the sheer amount in each category that I still have unlocked, like, I'm getting a lot of random stuff all the time still... But, like, the things that I haven't unlocked, the mutations, the number of mutations they have now, because that was another functionality they added, where you can choose, as you're playing through a run, up to, like, three different quirks that your character can basically get that give you different buffs. Um, you know, there's the... Before, it was, like, a relic that you would pick up where you could get an extra life. That's now one a mutation. But you can only pick that mutation as your very first <coughs> mutation. If you don't pick it then, you can never pick it the rest of your run. Um, they've got ones like, oh, every time you roll, you drop caltrops, and you can drop up to nine, and they slow down the enemies and do do a little bit of damage. Or there's one that's like, oh, if you're standing next to a deployed skill, like the arrow shooters or like the, you know, the grinders that sit on the floor, you get like a plus 200 to your DPS. There's just a whole bunch of stuff that I still have not even unlocked. And then I've gotten through at least maybe half a dozen new biomes, like new levels, that are only accessible based on other relics that I've found throughout the runs that I've gone through, and you have to go through the the run in a very specific order to get to these certain areas. I fought an entirely new boss that I hadn't fought before in the last week that was apparently one of their first like big DLC patches. Yeah, I heard they added a new boss. And then this, they just released, I haven't bought it because I'm playing the game through Game Pass on the Xbox, um, but I might buy it on PC and just, you know, play a few runs through there to see how it goes, um, is something called the Bad Seed DLC, which is funny because the entrance to the world <laughs> is actually in the game. Like, it's similar to what they used to do, like, in I remember in Dragon Age where you would talk to that one guy and he'd be like, oh, yeah, hey, I could I know about this really great quest <laughs> that I could use your help with. And you say, oh, yeah, that sounds awesome. He's like, you need to buy the DLC to play this quest. It's literally you go to this, you go through this little area, and then you get to the door, and you try to enter, and it's like you need to buy the DLC. The little thing pops up on the screen, and I'm just like, damn it! But it's yeah, that game is still very good, very very good. And I didn't think I would keep playing it as much as I do, but it's still <clears throat> something I find myself going back to and playing. Just like. No Man's Sky keeps adding stuff. They got living ships now. You can play. You can you can hatch a ship from an egg, Dan. Sure. Yeah. And then you go ride it around the universe. It's a living ship, Dan. You know, a learning computer. That game's good on them for taking what started as com- as like a complete letdown and just going. No, we're just going to keep keep doing this forever. Mm-hmm. We'll make it what we promised it to be, and we'll keep going from there. Good on them. I almost wish I could enjoy that game. That game is one of those, like, The Outer Wilds, where it's like, man, I really wish this was my type of game. But not everything No, is. everything is not for everybody. That's, yeah, that's, I've got, 
you know, got to come to that realization at some point in our lives. And no, no, you must like everything <clears throat> or hate everything. But but why, Dan? Because yes, I don't. Hey, John, when you say it's just a game yeah. and you lose, you. That's when you're just letting yourself down, and you should really just be pissed off. And I don't remember what the fuck Ninja said. That bullshit. Ninja had you one have of to rage. Ninja had one of those tweets recently where it's saying about when you say it's just a game, you're letting yourself down, and admitting that you are a failure or something like that. When those. Oh. One of those, like, when you when you use cheats on a game to make it easier, you're cheating yourself. Fuck that guy, because he was at the All-Star Weekend on Friday. I was Because on the Friday, the, the, the Rising Stars Challenge, they would randomly cut to, like, an interview off to the side, not actually showing the game. And, like, the two people, the, the, you know, the sportscaster and the player that she was talking to, <coughs> um, right behind them, fucking ninjas just sitting there. And I was like, you don't fucking care about this. And then, of course, she interviewed three, like, famous TikTokers as well. And I was just like, ah, Oh, God, we're at that point we're now. We're old, Kevin. We're that old. We're the old men now. I didn't know TikTok quite got to the point of we're going to interview multiple TikTokers. Fa- three girls, TikTok famous TikTokers. So, yeah. Like, like there's like multiple music artists that come from TikTok now. Yeah, the guy who did the Sonic song for the Sonic movie came off of TikTok. Yeah. yeah. No, you're old. That's yeah. why you don't know any of this, and that's why you're Get going. Get the fuck off my lawn now. Yeah. Yeah. We're Get beyond, off my we're lawn. We're beyond the pale. Like we're literally like you look at that and you go like I loved all of the reactions on Twitter. It's like ew TikTok. Like what the fuck? And it's just like because you're 35. Okay. Like. Teenagers are watching this, and they don't want to like things that you... They, <laughs> look, if a 35-year-old was like, hey, that Warren G album's kind of cool, I'd be like, fuck off! Get out of here, old man! So then we're the same way. We're like, oh my god, what the fuck is this? And then like the like a fucking 14-year-old is like, yeah, that's right, you're gross. You're a gross old man, and you're ugly. Yeah, I accept that, but... I know, I know, I know. It's not my place, it's not their place to tell me that. (laughs) I know I'm an ugly old man. I know I'm bitter and angry, but I don't need the youngs telling me that. Yeah, I mean, I look at that stuff and I get scared and I get confused. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) But yeah, that's essentially what it is. It's like the same thing, I I got to a point with rap music where I'm just like... I'm just going to listen to the stuff I like from before, and I'm not going to try to keep up with the new guys unless I hear something like that suits me, because I, I it's not for me. If, if it was, then it, then it wouldn't be cool, Somebody I'm not cool. Somebody at my work who is, like, probably 13 or 13 or so years younger than me said something about, yeah, you know, it's kind of like the B-side of it. And I said... You've never held a tape or a record in your life. You don't know what a tape is. Don't tell me about B-sides. You know what also I think is funny? Um, uh, Political cartoons in the newspaper. Just related to music and stuff. When people were like... I think this happened between the last time we we stuff. But it was like like one of the newer, younger artists... And, like, she didn't know who, like, a particular artist was from, like, the 70s. Oh, it was, I think, Billie Eilish didn't know who somebody... Yeah, and it's like, dude, she was born in, like, 2000. 
Why yeah. would she know anybody? Look, when you were in, can I can I name a random Van guy? Halen. She didn't. Know yeah, Van she Halen. didn't know who Van Halen was. So of which Van Halen hasn't been relevant. Yeah, since ex- what eighty four or something. Except for talk hey, of right now, <clears throat> early nineties, they had you know Van Halen. Sure, you know where she, you know where her, how old uh-huh. her parents were yeah, in nineteen uh-huh. ninety. Yeah, they were teenagers. Mm-hmm. So, like, for somebody to be like, oh, oh, how come you, how can you not know? It's like, dude, I can name maybe 10 artists from 1950. And that's 30 years before I was born. Yeah. Right? That's Domino, Richie Valens, uh-huh. The Big Bopper. Sure. Who else died in plane crashes? Yeah, Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly. Yeah, and can you, can you, uh, Nat King Cole. Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry. Elvis. Yeah, if I gave you a Nat King Cole song right now and played it. And, like, would you even recognize it? Not unless it was unforgettable. Yeah. Dickie Bale. So, so like, all of these fucking dudes we that were, like, going, more. like, oh, you don't know who Van Halen was. Oh, I can't believe children now, they don't know good music. It's like, fuck you. Bing Crosby. Fuck Bing Crosby. off. Okay, we need one more. Uh, Andrew Sisters. Uh, sure, or... Hey, the Andrew Sisters. Pat Boone? Like the Elvis was in the 50s. Oh, we already said Elvis. Oh, yeah, sorry, we just said Elvis, yeah. We got I like yeah. the Andrew sister. You know that song, Bingo, 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 I Don't Wanna uh-huh. Go? Bingo, Bingo, Bongo, I Don't Wanna Leave the Comedy. <coughs> That's Andrew's sister. Yeah. yeah, and then somebody who's a big fan of Andrew's sister probably is listening to this, and they're probably not, but they would be like, <laughs> oh, that, of course you're gonna like that song. That's the mainstream song. Like, you don't know actual hey, no, the music. mainstream is Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy of Company B. Yeah, but they're probably like... I know my Andrew sister. Sure. Okay, you're the old man that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. listening to the podcast. Like, I can't believe you said... But like, I found I've that actually, so fucking stupid. It is stupid. Yeah. Why would she know who Van Halen is? It's and, as dumb as the, 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 the videos where it's like, we showed these teenagers a Nintendo Entertainment System and it blew their minds. Yeah. It's like... I mean, I like some of those videos because, like, I like the music ones because the I don't like reading the comments because the comments are fucking oh, trash. No, but like, but it's fun when like the so like they'll be like, um, oh, uh, kids react to '90s music, right? And then like some kid would be like, yeah, my dad plays this song in the car all the time. It's like really loud. And then there's always like one guy, one of the one of those kids that is like nine years old that is like gonna become a big music head. He's like he's just like fucking right away. He's like, oh yeah, that's that's take on me by aha. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, yeah, I listen to this stuff, and it's just like, dude, you're like nine. Fucking relax. Uh, that like, that relax, Frankie. Frankie goes Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna be the guy in the record store. No, there's no record store. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, there's only two that's Frankie goes to Hollywood songs. Like, relax. <laughs> And there's two tribes. What's real sad? No kid ever, no kid today will ever work in a record store. No kid can watch High Fidelity, the movie, and like accept it as reality oh, that's based. Old people, that's an old movie. <laughs> that's why they made a new version. Because when, did, when yeah. did High Fidelity come out? 98? 99? I want to say it's college, so. So yeah, maybe 99, 2000. 2000. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So that came out in 2000, That's right? A 20 year old. Movie. If you're 15 years old right now, you were negative five when that movie came yeah. out. Yeah. You weren't even born. So that's an old person's Although, movie. You know what's crazy? That's old timey. That's not even in HD. You know what's crazy to them, though? It's not 4K. Dan, that's yeah. where the, the bearded YouTuber who plays those, who says he'll play video games but kind of does weird shit, yeah. who's kind of funny, he actually acted in that movie. 
Because oh. Jack Black has like a oh, weird yeah. YouTube like big <laughs> bearded crazy shit. Yeah. Do you realize that like a like a sixteen year old right now like there like a new hope came out in seventy seven that might as well be like to us that would be that's like, Casablanca. That's, yeah, that came out during the fucking Korean War. Like I don't give a I don't I don't know what. Is it fucking, I was less than even one year old same? when Star Wars came. Empire Strikes Back came out. Yeah, There's, the fortieth anniversary of that movie is this year. Yeah, we didn't even see that in the theater. But you know what I would love to see? When there's a question like that Billie Eilish one with the interviewer doing, so what do you think about Van Halen? I'd love to see her like turn it around and go, what do you think about, and name some up-and-comer that all the teenagers know, and have that person go, who? She could go, yeah, old. I get it old. I get it old. I mean, look, it's it's, 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 it's ridiculous. But you know what genre I like? The React videos. <coughs> There's this guy. <coughs> Excuse me. There's the two guy. black guys who was in metal. Well, there's another dude, right? The that's lost in Vegas. There's another guy called No Life Shack that um, that's that's like a hip hop dude, right? And he's like, I think he's from the South or like the Carolinas, so he's like very kind of like that country. He's got that twang, yeah, country black American kind of like, bro. Like, so he's like really cool. But so, so he's he started off just doing reacts to like hip hop videos, especially older ones, because I think he's only like twenty five or something, right? And so recently, his channel, like people have been like saying, like, hey, you should react to this, right? So you should react to like. Pantera, you should react to uh, Pink Floyd or Nirvana or Queen and stuff. And like he did Pink Floyd time. And seriously, most of the time he's just kind of a goof. Like he's just like, bro, what the fuck is going on? Like, oh, here it comes. Here it comes. Like he's just like, but Lou, dude, time, he was just like, bro, how. How'd I go through, like, half my life not even listening to this? I just wasted my life. <laughs> Bruh, what the fuck? He gets up, he's all, like, fucking upset. I was just like, man, that's pretty cool. Like, he's, yeah, he was, he's, so now he's, now, now sometimes he, in his videos he says metal, Metalhead Shack. Because he's mostly, like, hip-hop stuff. But then he, like, he really liked, he really liked that uh, Pink Floyd song, uh, Time. Cool. See, though, anytime... Like, I was like, no, that's pretty cool. Anytime an interviewer <coughs> asks, like, a young person what their thoughts are on what's obviously a band they, the interviewer yeah, I mean, enjoys, like what they need to, that young person either needs ask them about young music... Or needs picks, like, if they're really smart about music history, name something that's a band equally irrelevant to the interviewer. Like, oh, yeah, so what did you think about um, the Big Bopper? Yeah. Wait, who? Well, that's why the, that Hip Hop Evolution show is so fascinating is because, yeah. like, they hit the big hits. Like, they hit the big people. But then they, of course, go, oh, by the way, like, here's somebody, and you're like, Man, yeah, I never heard. if you grew up in L.A., you would never know this person. Yeah, it's like, oh, this, this like totally underground thing that basically inspired everybody you do like it's similar to the way that like you know i didn't really know about the pixies until way after i heard nirvana and it's like yeah when when kurt cobain's like yeah we're a pixies cover band like yeah i was like i was like i never knew but but me as a kid i didn't pay attention to that i was like i don't know or it's like my brother my brother who is the ultimate example of the (coughs) worst in a lot of ways he loved nirvana he absolutely hated the Pixies. He never listened to the Pixies, though. He just hated them on principle. That principle being like, oh, it's some Pixies. some old music called Pixies. So he's like, it's garbage. And it's like, dude, you love everything Nirvana has ever put out. Yeah. Listen to half of the Pixies. Yeah. 
and then go. It's just oh, Nirvana. I actually like this better. It's Nirvana, but weird. It's Nirvana where instead of the lyrics being indecipherable, they're just they're about whoa, crabs. or about monkeys going to heaven. And they got a fucking killer baseline for cutting there's up this eyeballs. One that I've watched a few React videos of. There's, um, I guess this this new like one of like the young like uh, trap rap guys, Denzel Curry. He does Bulls on Parade, and there's a bunch of like Metalhead React videos, and like like there's this one guy who's just like real like. Like, yeah, you know, like sometimes I listen to this hip hop, but I don't know who Denzel Curry is, so let's let's put on this Bulls on Prey. And then like he's just like <laughs> just yeah. like fucking like like he's like, Yeah And then like at one point, Yeah fuck yeah <laughs> And I was like I was like, Yeah. So yeah, this guy did it did did pretty good. I love it when yeah, that's see that's like he did pretty he like I was I was like, That's pretty good and he entered he even like put like another verse in it, like from one of his other songs and it's like it was like a pretty political verse where he's where he's just like you know basically fuck Donald Trump. He put he put a Donald Trump verse in Bulls on Parade, which is pretty good. I think we can all agree with that, Messi. Yeah, <clears throat> but it's just funny because if you look up that Denzel Curry guy, there's a lot of like fucking like you know like rap videos mm-hmm. where it's just like you know the usual stuff. Nothing will ever beat Puppy Dog going bounce for the name. Oh, that's my favorite video. Dan's of, favorite of, new video of, 2020 of this year so far. Have you seen it, Kevin? No, nope. we'll show, show Kevin. We'll show you after the podcast because it's it's real silly, but I love it. Um, How about we break down some quick news? Sure. I got some quick hits. What do you got? Dying Light 2, which was in our anticipated game of spring, got delayed. It has delayed. been a while since we podcasted, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Indefinitely, when did that? unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's like three and a half weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, Blizzard, so, when they brought out the Warcraft 3 remastered... Re- reforged, reforged, I think it was what it was called. On one hand, kind of let a lot of people down because they fucked up like the whole cutscenes will look better and then they fucked up by making it where it's the same launcher as warcraft 3 which got rid of a lot of modes and options in warcraft 3 original and then they also announced that anything made in warcraft 3 is their intellectual property because they don't want another dota happen ever again dota's never gonna happen ever again like from a cold business perspective, totally oh, yeah. makes sense. From a PR perspective, PR perspective, it's just another dent in the what used to be the flawless, shimmering armor of of the Blizzard name. So that's fine. People it, making games nowadays don't need like to piggyback on uh, yep. Warcraft Three because yeah. there's so much there's so much resources. Yeah, I mean, heck, the auto chess guys like they were like, "Well, we made this mod for Dota." And then they just went, okay, we're going to make our own now. We're just making our own product now. And it's like, you know, one of the, one of the best things about this, how to completely fuck up taking what's considered a favorite. Like, comparing that to, like, Age of Empires 2 every time it comes out again for a new remaster. Well, the two, the and definitive editions for both that and two, 1 and 2 for Age of Empires are, like, actually well received by their fan base. Yeah, right? because that's how you do it right. Mm-hmm. And then you have same genre with another well-storied, well-loved game, and the modern-day Blizzard of Activision Blizzard just shits on it. Just not a, I, I was never a fan of Warcraft 3. Like yeah, I, tried, I, I personally did not care for the hero it units. It was not me. Yeah, it was not for me. Which, you know... I don't like hero units being used like that. Like... It's kind of like um, Heroes of Might and Magic uh, 1, 2, and 3 all had heroes who would lead an army of monsters. 
In number four, they made those heroes as also units within their own armies, Mm -hmm. and I really did not like that game. The hero units were never balanced, Mm -hmm. just like Warcraft 3. They weren't balanced correctly to what else is there, and they became too much of a focus. It's too bad. They've said they're going to do stuff to it, but whatever. Like, I mean, you know, you really only... you, you In this day and age, you get one shot to make your game... And then everybody moves on. Unless you're Bioware. In other news, Bioware's rebooting Anthem. Bioware is pulling off a Final Fantasy fourteen Or a, a Destiny. You know? You, they're, they're hoping for that lightning in a bottle that happened with other live service games. The problem is, there, there are better of that same genre that are well entrenched. Yep. And Destiny 2 has had multiple <laughs> years and is really liked. Yeah, and is actually a fun game to play. Whereas the bits of the, of Anthem that I did play just made me go, I like this part of it, I don't like the rest of this. And Destiny 2 is free. Yes. And Anthem isn't. No, it's close to free. I mean... Not really by choice. No. <laughs> by force. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's... You know, like, the only way... That I would even think to download and try that game is one, if it's free or included with a subscription to EA Access, which I already have. Or Game Pass. Or Game Pass. And two, you have to be able to fly wherever you want as long as you want. Flight is not a resource. It should just be an ability. And three, all the other games you have to play that are really good. Stop working. Or all of a sudden get boring somehow. Speaking of other things that are kind of lame-ish, Kotaku lost another good person. Tim Rogers left Kotaku. Yes. He's still freelancing with them, he said, but he did, like... He's focusing on doing his own things. He's going to do some game development-type related stuff. He wants to do his own streaming-type of stuff. He'll do occasional videos for Kotaku, him being one of their primary video guys. I don't, I was never a big Kotaku video person, but I yeah. knew his stuff was pretty popular. Um, his videos were weird because he always did way too long of videos, but they were kind of interesting in that same way as like Extra Life when you get to like 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. and you're watching things go into weird conspiracy theory territory. But yeah, he tweeted about it like his health <laughs> was, you know, he was not in a healthy place and, you know, he was working at Kotaku, which is part it's of that a whole shitstorm. Yeah, bad place. Yeah, it, I mean, they've lost a lot of good people. Yeah. I mean, Cecilia Dinastio a few months back, Gita, Gita Jackson, Jackson yeah. uh, Joshua... Joshua Rivera. Rivera? Yeah. And him and Gita basically came out and said, this is because the company is fucked and we want to leave. So. Yeah, it's essentially when... When the company fucked over Deadspin, yep. I mean, they weren't in a good place, but when they killed Deadspin, yeah. and then also kept shitting on the union at the same time, mm-hmm. yeah, that's not what you do. Speaking of people leaving, also Dan Hauser has left uh, Rockstar, or will be leaving. It's no, sometimes... He's actually gone. Like, he's he's been on yeah, an extended he's officially... sabbatical, but his... Sabbatical. Yeah, like his quote-unquote, like, end date with... Rockstar is this month is March is March I thought but yeah I'm not sure because my note says next month and my notes go back like he fucking finished GTA 5 like he that's all he did Red Dead 2 probably and then like that's it he's done it'll be interesting though see where 
if they do make another not online game, if they made a GTA 6 or a Red Dead 3 where it goes without the bends. Nope, GTA Online 2, that's all they're going to make. Which is sad because, yeah. I mean, it's a money maker for them. Yeah. It's one of those things, like earlier, not every game has to be for each person. Unfortunately, I, like I said, Rockstar games, I always enjoy them. I wouldn't say they're always excellent games, but I always do enjoy my time with they're them. extremely memorable. And to tell the truth, they don't need to make another one of those games I like. Because GTA Online right now still comes out with new heist, new material. That game is making more money, and they sell so many copies of GTA V. It is one of the top-selling games every year since it came out. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. It's a money... It's almost like counterfeiting money at this point. But it's okay, guys. We can play, we, we're going to be able to get a brand new, complete edition of GTA 4 coming out this month, or next month. Uh, it's not on no multiplayer. But it said complete. Um, the multiplayer, like, they cut. What? Snip. But then how is it complete? How is it the complete edition if... It, it had a multiplayerectomy. That's, then that's not complete anymore. That's incomplete. That is the literal definition of incomplete. Although at least, you know what, Brightside, it is coming back to computers since it did leave because it had games for Windows Live integration. And I guess they finally reached that point where they're like, well, we're not putting out new games, so eh, go ahead and do it. There's also some music stuff, wasn't there? They're all all coming back, the music stuff will be... Well, I know. I'm saying, like, the reason why it went off was... No, no, it's a game for Windows Live thing. Uh So when that service shut down, the game started to break, so they pulled it from sale eventually when Uh they realized we can't sell this anymore. We're actually selling a broken product. But... Kind of like Anthem, hey Hey, speaking of big companies and EA, back at the beginning of this month, all of a sudden... A bunch of different regions of the world saw the Steam games, the Steam versions of EA games, all of a sudden get huge price increases, while meanwhile the EA Origin version remained the same price. Which was just weird. Make that paper. However you gotta do it. And was random across different random countries. So, you know, they've got the, you know, they have the, the Nintendo Switch bump. Now you've got the Steam bump for EA titles. Just not in the U.S. No. Um, hey, I'm in the U.S., so it don't matter to me. Here's another thing that don't matter to someone. Okay. See, I'm going for those oh, whole segues. Yeah, like, yeah. E3 don't matter to Jeff Keighley uh, this year. Did, did anybody actually here at this table care about Jeff Keighley's involvement in E3 before today? No. Then. But it is interesting seeing, like, one of the people who has worked real close with ESA mm-hmm. for E3 with that close, that tight of a you know, working relationship, just go, um, yeah, I've made the difficult decision to decline to produce E3 Coliseum. I if kids know who Jeff Keighley is. Do the, hot, do the kids know, the teens know about Jeff Keighley? Yeah. Probably not. Actually, I'd say they they, they know. know the Game Awards is. Yeah, they know they because know of that, Jeff but they don't Keighley. care who he is. He's just that guy who shows up when, like, they talk about who's the best uh, influencer of the year. Is he video game Kurt Loader? Yes, yes. 
Like, Dude. I mean, you know, not, no sh- no shitting on Kurt Loder, man. No, like, but he, he is video game Kurt He Loder. was like, the old guy at MTV. Yeah, I didn't really know much about him other than he's on MTV News. By the way, I'm just going to say, <coughs> I've said it before, I'll keep saying it, there is nothing more sad than, like, so every night, YouTube, when I look on my Roku, at bedtime, I'll just look through, like, News stories. So second category that shows up on my YouTube feed on Roku is today's news. And I'll take a quick look through it. And it's going to have news from every possible source. And it's going to cover a lot of subjects. But anytime you see Kennedy with that Fox News logo and it's like, oh, yeah, Kennedy, why? Why did was always like that? She was always the conservative on MTV. We just did it now. Yeah, when we were young, we didn't realize. Yeah, wow, way to miss the message of most music that you could enjoy. It's just like those. The it's just like uh, was it Ted Cruz or the other guy that listened to uh, who was like Rage Against the Machines? Rage, my, uh, it was Paul Ryan, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Rage Against the Machines, my favorite band. <laughs> <laughs> I love Tom you didn't Morello. Listen to any of those songs, huh? You just like that beat. Tom Morello, like responding, yeah. saying. You do realize we were raging against you. Yeah. So you know who won't be raging against anyone? HQ Trivia. R.I.P. Scott. Wait, he got out. That's right. So He got out because he started talking about like things he liked. Yep. They were apparently drinking heavily on the last <laughs> they version were of the game. Drunk. Oh, really? yeah. They were toe they up. They were all drunk as fuck on that last episode. I need to watch... The final, like, there's an archive on YouTube of the final HQ trivia. They wanted it to keep going a little longer. So, like, the the, one of the hosts says, I'll give up $5 from my own pocket for one last game. Yeah. Because the prizes during that last, the last things were, like, exceedingly small. Mm. Like, it had that point where it got, like, you know, oh, you can win $1,000 if you win HQ Trivia. And it's like, then at the end, I think I saw somebody who's like, I won $2.08 from HQ Trivia. It's like, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, the the final prize poll, I don't know if it actually went out or not because it's 5 bucks from a host's pocket. Yeah. But it worked out the final round the winners would receive, like, 0.9 cents. Like, they'd share down to that level. But on good news, I have one bit of good news. Okay. You can now transfer saves from the PC version of Witcher 3 to the Switch version, which almost makes me kind of want it, because it's not as good of graphics by a mile. But you play that on the go, baby. Portable Witcher 3. And then go back and forth. Like, you can upload your saves to the cloud and play them back on your PC, too. Sure. That's kind of crazy. That isn't... If you would have told me Witcher 3 would have cross-save between platforms, Um, I would have said PC and who? Probably Xbox. It's going to be Xbox and PC. Switch and PC. That... That is just some sort of amazing. Civilization does it apparently as well. Like, oh yeah, yeah, the Civilization uh, Six on the Switch. You can actually like it has cross save compatibility. <laughs> My one question though is, what about DLC stuff on The Witcher Three? Because uh, I don't believe they have the DLC. Is it yet. only the regular version on this? I would have to look that up. I, I wasn't think sure they complete edition or not. I don't think they have Heart of Stone or Blood and Wine yet. Which would be, like, confusing about, especially if you have an item from the DLC area and you're in the main. No, it's because it's listed as the complete edition. Oh. So, 
Um, they're not? Yeah. Fuck, I almost want to buy it on the Switch, because... You can having that play whenever you dude, want. Dude, what sitting on the couch, grab my Switch, and watch something on the TV while I'm playing Witcher while 3. Going... I love that game. Yeah. That game was so yep. good. Best game of this last generation, <clears throat> I would say. I really like that game. Yeah, and all the DLC was so good for it. Like mm-hmm. all the free man. stuff that they added in the first few months of it, and then the actual paid DLC stuff, also good too. Which just makes me more excited for September until they delay mm-hmm. from September. Shut up, Cyberpunk! Nope. Not gonna happen. It's gonna I want to see what CD Projekt Red does. I also want to see in ten years from now. Witcher 4 or something, because since they did work out yeah. their negotiations with the author... I think a four-day weekend to play, just play that game the first week. Oh, Cyberpunk? Yeah. I haven't taken a vacation from work for a game in so long, and I really want the game that's worth it. Like, I remember when Rock Band came out. You oh, remember yeah. that, Dan? Oh, God. Yeah. I remember, I remember <laughs> we went, that we went to the fondly. We went to EB, and we bought Mass Effect and Rock Band. Yeah. I then remember how quick my guitar broke. Yeah, we were like, what the... What happened? I started playing at your place. Didn't you come over to my place after, like, once I got home and I had the setup too? I could have sworn yeah, that's what we did, yeah. We, Dan and I were over yeah, at I my... I didn't have the day off. Yeah, we, no, we, you guys we were playing. As, yeah, soon yeah. As, the, as soon as the thing opened. Yeah, we were there. That was Mass hmm. Effect and Rock Band yeah. Day. That was a good day. And then afterwards, went over to, to Fairwood, yeah. started playing. <laughs> yep, because you brought your guitar. Yeah, yeah and then I went home and then played Mass Effect. Yeah. I think, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good day. Was good. Yeah, I haven't taken, like, I remember I used to take time off for games. Last time I did was uh, technically Mario Odyssey, but it was also Stranger Things Season 2 or something mm-hmm. release, so like it was kind of like two things, and all I did was take Friday off, so I could play like, I basically played mm-hmm. Mario Odyssey and <coughs> watched watch Stranger, watch Stranger, Stranger Things, yeah. and then whenever I needed a break, I just played Mario Odyssey. I played Mario Odyssey that whole weekend. Like, it was actually, like, it got kind of bad where, like, I didn't move from, like, my chair for a long time. And I was like, this is, I'm feeling sick. Oh, thinking about Truth Be Told, Rock Band, I didn't take time off for Rock Band because it came out, like, the Tuesday of Thanksgiving week. Yeah. I took off that whole week because it's, like, three (coughs) days of work, then a day off, or fuck this, I'm taking the week. Oh, yeah. I think the last game I actually took time off for, GTA 4. When GTA 4 came out, I know I took time off. Well, cool. I might need to think about taking time off, because my work now has weird, like, 18 buckets of time off. You have... It'd be a fun game just to play, like, when you're, like, not tired from work, or... Yeah. Like, I had, like, a whole day and just be like, I'm gonna play this today. See, that's the problem is... see if it gets delayed again. Being an old man now on, it's like... I get home from work. Yeah. I can only play a game for like an hour or so before my mind has quit so much that unless it's a brainless platformer, I'm going to forget what happened. Like, if I'm playing an RPG, if I don't quit after an hour, next time I play, I'm like, I don't remember where I was or why I was Clearly why I play Monster Hunter, because I don't have to remember what Kill I did. that monster. It's just whatever quest we're on at this particular moment. It's the grind. You yeah. just do the grind again. You look at your wish list, you go, which of these do I want to shoot for today? All right, I want to kill these monsters to get to that. It's simple. So on that simple. note, we're going to end the podcast. Kevin. Simply. What are you going to play this week? Podcast. 
a simple into the podcast. Probably Xenogear. Okay. See, I want to play Crusader yeah, Ascenti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to stream through all of that, but it's frame fatales. Yeah. After Crusader Ascenti, I want to stream through all of Soul Blazer. I'm kind of like on this kick of those good old, like, you know, Zelda style and good old, like, Metroidvania games. Great. Dan, are you going to play anything other than Monster Hunter this week? Probably. Just Monster Hunter. Okay. Because I don't have time for other games because I have to work on my Kickstarter that got funded. What? Dan, you started a Kickstarter? I'm drawing maps. Kickstart my heart. But now it's, like, real. Like it like passed a hundred percent last night, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Now I it's have real. To make stuff. And half of these people are strangers. Huh. You know, what? even just friends, <laughs> where I could just be like, ah, "I'm still kind of working on it," but like these are actual strangers. One guy's from Germany. Oh shit! If you fuck up, yeah. that's an international it's incident. A, it's a random German man. He's the other guy that did the high tier. Oh. Yeah, so some like random dude was just like, "Sure, I'll give you fifty bucks." Oh no! You know what'll happen? It's World War Two in reverse because <laughs> we're now the Nazi country. And if you anger oh, them, no. that's that's what'll no, no. start the good guys invading no, us. No, no. My my Kickstarter is for two hundred fifty dollars. It's not going to be international dis- <laughs> incident. Yes, you don't know the Germans. Wait, you have to ship something to Germany now. Yeah, it's all baked in. Yeah, I know. I'm just... Rough, a rough estimate of everything baked mm-hmm. in. I mean, it's just, it's just like paper. At most, it's like a little booklet of like few pages. So you could put paper that paper in a paper. bottle, put a cork, throw it in the ocean. Yeah. I've mm-hmm. seen movies. Yeah. Make paper airplanes out of it. Yeah. Congratulations, Dan. Yeah, I got, I got like randomly nervous last night where I was just like, oh shit, it's real. Because I was like half thinking like, well, if this doesn't get funded, then I don't have to do anything. <laughs> Next time I'm setting it as two million dollars. Yeah, I was like, should I make this larger? <laughs> Modesty. Yes. Next time it's two million dollars. That way I could just tell everyone, man, if only you would have told all your friends. Now well, I'm going back to all bed. I, all I got to say, Dan, is if you get it out before Star Citizen, you will have succeeded. Oh, dude, feature creep. Time for feature yeah, uh, creep. Well, you know, we're also making a first person. <coughs> as a as a early backer of Star Citizen, yeah. someday that game will get released. So, Dan, well, do you um, have a stretch goal for, yeah, like, goal online for multiplayer? Stretch goal for an augmented reality game. Sweet. <laughs> Gotta learn Unity, Dan. Yeah, risk and challenges. Uh, I have to learn how to code <laughs> and also make augmented reality. Yeah. Also, that stretch goal of having John Bon Jovi do the music. Risk? I don't know John Bon Jovi. And I think he's mainly acting now. But I have heard of him. I I decided, I was thinking about stretch goals and decided against him because this is my first one and we'll see how this goes. Yeah. But feature creep has never agree. screwed anyone. Yeah, I figured if this is successful, I can do, and if I like doing it, I can do another one and I can add in a whole bunch of bells and whistles. Wait but for the documentary. Let's try to Ten let, years from now, Dan, Dan Max <coughs> forever. Yeah, still <laughs> waiting for a fucking Kickstarter from 2020. See, I, you were just supposed to draw like seven maps. I, what the fuck? I just want a I'm map. I'm still working on it. On the bright side, I, I did get the VR headset prototype that was a stretch goal of this, but Look, I don't know what the headset I, was I'm for. I'm on my fourth drawing engine. I had to scrap <laughs> the first three. My laptop got stolen. Yep. We had a manager who ran off with all the money. And bought a house. <laughs> You're living in that house. That's your house. Nope. You, you were the manager. It's not. It's not under my name. 
It's not my house. It says Dan LLC on top of the house. Uh, there, there could be a lot of Dans. There's a lot of Dans in the world. Yeah, but I wanted to make it simple because I was like, I always look at those like horror stories on Kickstarter of people who like mm-hmm. um, are like, oh man, this is my thing. I'm just going to put everything into this one project. And it's yeah, like, there's a there's a uh, there was a RPG that I backed like several years ago that we played with. Uh, no, this is tabletop <laughs> tabletop game. Holy shit! <laughs> got, wow, that was Warren. that got, re- that that got was, released. That was Warren esque. <laughs> That actually got released, so I yeah, can't. I, I mean, I, it might not have been what I expected, but at least, <laughs> it, really? it, at least yeah. it made it out the door. True. Um, no, there's a tabletop RPG I backed several years ago where Helmick introduced me to like the original version of it, but like the guy who was creating the original creator like got into some weird financial and health situations and then ended up passing away. So like the people who knew him, like I think they last posted, they're like, yeah, unfortunately, uh, sorry to say, but the creator passed away and we're not sure what we're going to be able to do about this Kickstarter. And it's like, yeah. he faked his death. I'd like to maybe make a tabletop game. <clears throat> I don't know in what kind of version. Because I'd like to make, I always envision a tabletop RPG, but with a deck building game attached to it. I don't know how what that what that looks like. I just know that that's the idea in my mind. And I mean, but also like that's a lot of work of like making cards, like making like a RPG rule, uh, like player handbook is like a lot easier. Other than art, everything else is just words that you just create. Like, yeah. you know, but like making like physical cards would be like a challenge because now you got to have an art for each card and you got to print a bunch of them. And then also, you, you have it. you have a whole new level of balancing when you have yeah. cards that could be random mm-hmm. versus a character that is yeah. designed. I mean, that's what that, I mean, the Penny Arcade guys made that Thornwatch game, which is a deck building based RPG kind of game. So yeah, it's, that's a hard thing. That's like a next level of complexity. Like it's, it's tabletop <clears throat> RPG, then the, the, what you're thinking of Dan, and then straight up like tabletop game that has, it's, it's funny. Like, so as much as I, I, I GM some like dungeon world stuff, like all my ideas are like, what? How can we take the GM out of the game completely? And if you have a deck built uh, game, poison, poison. Well, that's a thing. Brick. I've uh, only had one sabotage's graphics card. See, I've only had one Kickstarter that I didn't get that I backed. It's a game. You are not the hero, which was an interesting. Like, didn't that get released <clears throat> though? No. Okay. So what happened was. It, the whole idea of the game, it did appear on Steam Greenlight okay. at one point, and it had a demo, but mm-hmm. then it disappeared. <clears throat> so the idea was, you're the NPC that the heroes go through your house and take a bunch of items, mm-hmm. and you kind of get pissed off. So the game focuses on you as the townsperson, and like the guy who was making it was pretty much making it solo, and just had life take a shit on him one after another. Like he had some health issues, he lost his day job, his family, somebody in his family had some major health issues, and eventually just reached the point where he's like, "I'm probably never releasing this. I'm going to keep working on it." And he'll for a long time he kept doing like uh, streams on Twitch that were just him working on the game, but. I think in the end it just completely collapsed. It happens. 
why Kickstarter is not a pre-order <coughs> service, guys. It's just a it's supporting somebody who you you agree with what they are working on. Oh, another weird thing <coughs> about launching a Kickstarter. So within an hour of launching it, I got at least two solicitations <coughs> for people to do my marketing for me. You've made it. <coughs> yes. One, one one solicitation was like, you'll get your money back if if your uh, project is, and I'm like. My project's 250 bucks. I set it too low. And I'm pretty sure whatever you charge is more than $200. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going to get you. Uh, that is like... But I just deleted them. Because yeah. I, initially, at first, I like I launched it, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I went to work, and I was like, oh, I got a little notification. You got a comment, or you got a message about this project. I was like, oh, cool. Somebody's not interested. Cool. Oh. And then like an hour later, it was like, oh, somebody else is interested. Oh. See, it's anything in life where you do same with financial like implications. Oh, yeah. I refinanced my house not long ago. I'm now saving like 160 bucks per month, yeah. which is awesome. Money's money, right? Like, However, yeah. I now reset that 30 years on the 30-year mm-hmm. mortgage. It, we were only a year and a half in, so it's not too bad. But it's like if I was in my house for 10 years, it's like, fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... Now I get mail nonstop where Brie will, if Brie gets the mail, she'll go through and be like, Kevin, here's this, here's this, here's this. I get it. It's like recycle bin, recycle bin, recycle bin. Cause it's all these, they try and look official. And then in fine print, it says not associated with your mortgage provider name. That's the same thing that happens when <clears throat> you get like when, you know, student like I signed, well, I signed up for a credit card, but like yep. right before we went to Europe last year. And now every goddamn credit card company is like, hey, why don't you sign up for our credit card? We now know you're alive. They're like, oh, oh, how about you have this <laughs> credit card? True. Do you want this we credit card? We now know you're alive. Yeah, it's like house, credit card, student loans, <laughs> anything like that. They go, Ooh. You know the weirdest one for me recently is, or in the past few years, since I bought my Subaru, periodically I get a freaking email from Subaru being like, Hey, do you know how much your car's worth? Trading value is great. You should trade up to a new twenty twenty Subaru. I'm like, motherfucker, the car's like not even two years old yet. Oh, so yeah, but that's that's the GameStop. Yeah, I, they're going to give you low money for your trade in. They will give you if your car is worth twenty thousand new. You have it for a year. They will offer you maybe twelve thousand, and they will sell it for eighteen five to nineteen, and that way. It's GameStop, yeah. By the way, GameStop, if you look at the news for them, they're just royally fucked. I mean, the only, I mean, the, the good thing about <clears throat> selling it at the dealer can be because it's just zero. Yeah. That's why they, that's why they, they underfund you because, like, you know, they know. Mike in yeah. Covington, like, that guy might just kill me. Or if, put me in my own trunk and if, drive away in my car. If Mike in Covington, Fuck that guy. If Mike and Covington, after selling the car, be- <coughs> if you do not do it at the DMV where you hand in the oh, the yeah, transfer yeah. immediately, if he does something illegal, that's yeah, your that's car, car still. still yeah. Alright, well, that's going to wrap it up, folks. Dan's going to play Monster Hunter. I'm going to play Monster Hunter. Kevin's going to play Metroidvania anime games. Xenogears. And Xenogears. Yeah, Metroidvania anime, anime games. games. Yeah. Ah, this doesn't completely fit. You know what's great about playing Xenogears on an emulator? The fast forward button. Uh Because there are, I like that game a lot, but there are some points where you do need grind a little bit. Oh yeah. And grinding with fast forward is fucking great. As somebody who spent a good 
15 hours or 10 hours in the sewers. Yep. Because around the sewers, you end up getting Rico for a first time, so you need to make him useful. And then also you start getting, like, a lot more of your better techniques uh-huh. right then. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you're going grind out because especially Rico, yeah. he might have, like, 5 AP so he could do the 5 AP actions, but he has no knowledge. Because that whole system of how you learn combos mm-hmm. is ridiculous. It, so the But the formulas for it, if you hit triangle, it records every time you hit triangle in the game for a quick attack. However, that's a different number than if you hit triangle, triangle. That second triangle is its own value. And the third one and the fourth one. They're all separate values. After that, they reset. And just like square is a different value than square, square. That second square. And so to get some of the combos, it'll be like you need triangle one 200 times in the game. You need triangle two 180 times. Triangle three 150. Triangle four 120. And then you need um, X to be this value. Luckily, X, there's only one. But it's like it has all of these charts of, okay, I need to, I would have this skill, except I haven't hit the second square 180 times. That is the one thing annoying on that game is at least it's very simple, the reason, but it's bullshit. Alright, we're done, Kevin. Say goodbye. Dan, say goodbye. What? I said say goodbye. Say goodbye. There you go. Kevin. So, you know, what I'm looking forward to is the latest crossover (coughs) in the comic books. I'm hoping there's action figures for it. Transformers are teaming up with My Little Pony. I'm not making this shit up. There's a comic book cover with the Matrix of Leadership, and there is Twilight Sparkle Sparkle Mm -hmm. and Rainbow Dash and Optimus Prime and Applejack. Probably looks better than the Avengers game Uh Marvel Legends figures that they are. Oh boy. And they look stupid. Yeah, that that game, everything associated with that game looks like. Here's how you don't. This is like one of those, you know, big Marvel comic events, like Civil War, where it's like, nah, this ain't going nowhere good. See, the Quiet Man was just a turd because it was a turd. The Avengers is going to be a monumental turd because it's the Avengers. It'll be a turd people know about. Mm -hmm. See, Quiet Man. Only people like us who are really jaded on games really knew about The Quiet Man. Because Square never even really, outside of that brief like one-minute thing during E3, Mm -hmm. when the game came out, they didn't even have ads or anything. Quietly sent out to die. Meanwhile... The Avengers is being marketed like... To everything. Uh Plus, also, if, if you're a parent and your kids love watching MCU movies... On Disney Plus. And also... On, like, on Disney with the cartoons, they have all of the animated adventures, freeway stuff. Christmas time rolls around, and you're trying to find a present for little Billy. You're going to see that Avengers game. For for $10, because it's two months, three months after it launches. I was going to say on the shelf, but on your Amazon page. Oh, there you go, yeah. You'll see it listed. Or on his digital wish list, yeah. Actually, it won't be on the wish list. The kid will know enough to know, like, it's going to be bad because one of the influencers he watches goes, Man, this game is the poop poop. Your grandma's going to get it for you, and then you're going to be very sad. But you have to smile because if you don't, your mom's going to be upset. Meanwhile, that kid will get a digital code, and when they punch it in, 
They will see Avengers, and they will cry, and their Christmas will be ruined digitally. Eh, they'll just watch Fortnite videos. They'll be fine. Oh, no, I still remember when I'd get a present that was, like, the big present that was so bad where it's like, I quit. Like, my little heart can't take it. Like, I remember the year I had three main presents. Like, one from, like, my parents, one from my grandparents, and one something else I don't know, but... They were all the same. The first one I opened, I was like, yeah! The second one, huh? Huh? Your parents played a sick joke on you, Kevin. The third one I opened, and I started crying, I think. I was only like six, but I started crying because my brother had a big stack of awesome presents, and I had three of the same thing. And it's like... You didn't pull it down and go, but I've already got people! And then, but on the bright side... You know what? Under a tree, there's one mistake. more present with my name on <laughs> it. Thanks for me. Here's the worst thing. Just to open three of the same present. My heart's broken. There's like another present or two under a tree with my name on everything that's left. And they all say, you can't open this shit until your birthday in four days because it's a birthday Christmas. And it's like, but- Rob opened his present from Uncle Whoever. And then come Christmas or birthday, four days later, after my heart was broken by three of the same thing. Fourth, fourth thing? No. Okay. It's the same shit he got. So I just had to wait four, four days, days more for the same, same thing. thing. But come June, he's going to get another present from Uncle Whatever. Not me. No. Birthday Christmas of same value as his Christmas only. That's why you get, you get, a, you get two different gifts. As an adult, you get a person with a birthday close to Christmas if you are a gift giver. <laughs> You give them a gift on their on Christmas, and you give them another gift on their birthday. Yeah, you make it separate. Yes. You treat it good. Also, if you're an adult, and you're like, I'm thinking of, I want to procreate. I wish to expand the gene pool. Okay. that That's how married sure. people say okay. things when they're going to get, We're learning when they're going to have mean. a kid. You're you're not married, so you don't know. Like, there's proper there's scripts. Lingo? Okay, is this, you get a book and you I, get married? That's... I wish to procreate at this time to expand the gene pool. I would like to pool. insert my, uh... So I would prefer to would like insert to my, DNA. my genitalia mm-hmm. into your genitalia right. for Angles. intermingling skeet, 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 of skeet. our genetic material. Ah! And if you make the genital genetic material Mm -hmm. proposition, if you formally announce it, do not announce it around March through April. There is too much of a chance of that child being a Christmas birthday. And that's already Jesus' birthday. That is our Lord and Savior's birthday. So you cannot do that. That is obscene and offensive in the eyes of the church and the eyes of that child and that child's friends who won't show up to his birthday party because they are all out of state at grandma and grandpa's house. I know that pain. That one fucking Hail sucks. Zenith. He's our Lord Savior. That is why you will only do the procreation and exchange of genetic materials through genitalia in the summertime okay. or around the Christmas time, but not on Christmas, because when you unwrap your genitalia, you should be unwrapping a present for Jesus. Okay. And that is your married minute. Sure, yeah, thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Dan. We're all done. 
Let's go home. And I don't know what the dance. fuck that was. It's, it's an ending. Just kind of blacked out for a bit. You know? I just spoiled all the secrets of marriage for everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Aw. <laughs>